down with Mike Rav. Mike Rav is a snowboarder. He's a musician. He's an artist. He also happens to be from the East Coast. The thing that I think is fascinating about Mike Rav is his relaxed approach. We talk about this in the podcast. It's a really interesting, loose, fluid approach to snowboarding and life. Yeah, he kind of shreds in that manner and skates in that manner, and it just comes out in all, all aspects of his life, and it's pretty amazing. And if there's one thing I can encourage you guys to do is to stick around to the end of this podcast because Buds <laughs> and Rav have something very special, a performance of sorts at the end. But anyway, we'll stop talking. Let's get into it. Episode 14. You are listening to the Bomb Hole. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. Okay, we are back in the booth for another bomb hole. Stony Buds, how we doing? Dog, I am doing good. Today, my props are going out to Jason Falco, our first homie to join our family on the Patreon. Big moves. Shouts to Jason. Really excited about our guest today. Yeah, we got Mr. Mike Rav, Ravioli. How we doing, my friend? Chris Eastone. Yes. Pleasure to be here. I would say the pleasure is all ours, but uh, I'd like to talk about the fact that you are from the Commonwealth, also <laughs> known as Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. Where are you from? I'm from uh, Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. And I guess the story is I grew up there. I grew up uh, in Worcester, Mass for uh, like the first couple of years of my life. Shout. And uh, then we moved over to Shrewsbury, just over the bridge. And uh, you went to Ski Ward as a child, as did I. Yeah. Yep. Um, I sort of lived in the vicinity of Ski Ward, so as soon as I realized that I was going to snowboard, it was easy to get that going. You want to you wanna tell the listeners kind of what the vibe is over at Ski Ward? Well, I was just going to ask, what <laughs> is it? I've never heard of it. What's up? Um. I think uh, maybe a classic story of a small-town resort. Um, rope toes, kind of like T-bar style, not not really mm. rope toes, actually, um, which is pretty interesting because you don't see those that much. Uh, then a small chairlift. I don't know how tall it is. but I think it's uh, 200 vertical. I yeah, believe. it's We're going 200 vertical. Two Hanskis. It's a hill, yeah. but it's an amazing place. It was uh, kind of like where a young kid will just go every single day. Um, and then they had a half pipe when I was growing up. When I was just getting into snowboarding, it was just like they decided to put all the snowboarders like on the left side of the hill, riders, right? And um, they had the pipe and pipe dragon. There was a whole scene. It was crazy. Nick Esposito, the any stud, kind of putting on for his city out there. Or oh, what? yeah. Yep. Olympic hopeful. What they tried to, they wanted you off the rest of the mountain, though, so they just hooked you guys up. I don't know if it was zone. necessarily that, but uh, they knew that if they just made. They were pipe over there, people. then people would say, and we did. You know, you go over there, you don't really leave there. And the, ha- the half pipe for the listeners, it was not like a good half pipe. <laughs> Honestly, I nothing. don't know. I remember it being like pretty smooth. Yeah. Um, but Tiny, at the, at the mini, time, at the time, I remember this because uh, it's something I'm really proud of is that I couldn't do a backside hit, and I would I would always be like kind of carving on the wall, and then you do a frontside carve on the wall, and then I remember like Nick and my my dad was there one day, and he's just like, "Why don't you go up that side?" I was like. I was like, man, and uh, so and then uh, obviously now I'm trying to figure that out. So it's been it's been fun, like finding those motions after like all those years of being like, damn, wish I could do that. That that takes me back to your dad uh, when we pulled up on he's pulled up on us at the spot. Like, yeah, so confused as to what we're doing, yeah. uh, street snowboarding. And it's stuff. a different world. <laughs> 
But uh, he, he loves it secretly. He doesn't know it, but he does. Were you guys at the mountain at the same time? No, not through snowboarding. So that's um, probably why the pipe. Was... I texted Chris this morning because I remembered a name, which was Drew Hauser. Yeah, throwback. Drew Hauser was uh, friends with Nick Esposito, and they went to like some summer camp together. Doogie Hauser? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So uh, we started chilling with Jill, uh, Drew, and he introduced us to like Firefight and all these videos that Chris was in. So um, it was like crazy like time to be hanging with him, and we were snowboarding with him, filming with him, and. He would drive us up to the mountain before Nick and I could drive. Um, but yeah, he was like he he gave me like a copy of Firefight. I remember it was like I never even heard of this. Just one of those life changing videos, you know. It's a super like small video with me First and Scott and a bunch in. of our friends back on the East Coast filming and stuff. But I'll be, I'll be yeah, looking that up. Also, shouts to your parents too to change subjects again real quick. But Liz Ravel said, "I notice every time I post a photo of like an animal, she, <laughs> she seems to be an animal lover. She's always hitting me with like a heart emoji yeah. on the animal photos." Yeah, she she's got a big heart. Yeah, she's great. And Don't you also have like a uncle or? Oh, we got to talk about this. <laughs> Todd Riches is going to appreciate this. So, um, if anybody is familiar with Maurice the Pants Man um, in the New England area, Rav has ties. Yeah, I mean the ties are my my blood. Um, Maurice, who I'm I'm named after, Michael's the more American version of Maurice, um, was my great grandfather, and he started Maurice the Pants Man, which was like a store where workers could get like old, you know, like work clothes at the time. Um, my grandfather has told me quite a few stories, and and then uh, he got into a car accident when my grandfather was in the army. So my grandfather had to leave the army and come back, and he had to run the store. And um, I don't know, I don't remember exactly what age he was, but basically he started the, he ran the store, and he was able to, you know, he's he's a creative guy, um, great conversationalist, and uh, so he just kind of, he was the one that kind of brought it to a whole nother level, and then my dad uh, was part of it as well, and I was part of it for a couple years, but um, just through times and industry is changing it's not anymore but uh for for a while it lasted it was a really cool thing to be a it's a good that's a good lineage that maurice for for those who don't know maurice the pants man has like older generation worcester county everybody would would know what we're talking about it's like he said there's like ads too on the radio yeah like everybody uh, knew everybody yeah it was it's sick talking to uh can you can you turn oh this is about oh Oh, snap I'm like, we got, a mic, we got a mic going We down. got a malfunction in the booth. This, we're figuring this out. This is Everyone. the RAV cam. Gotcha. RAV cam. Stony Buds cam, RAV cam. Grandeezy. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, back to business. For the listeners, the uh, microphone just uh, tipped over, but back to business, RAV. So we're talking we? Maurice the Pants Man commercials. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so my grandfather, he would go on the radio and... Uh, He's told me this story a million times is he'd, he'd say that uh, he'd go to Texas and that there was a shipment of Levi's coming down from Texas and he would like, you know, he's got this kind of animated voice like, come on down, you know. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's, I think a radio was probably a more prevalent uh, advertising um, medium at the time. So I think that kind of playing into the store and everything, like it, it drew some attention. Especially for his day, too, you know? And like I, I think that he's told me some stories about he, he was very, like, uh, creative in his marketing efforts and 
um, they had something called the sidewalk sale, and I'm not sure if anyone's ever done these things before, but they would just, like, on a Saturday, they'd put all the stuff outside, and people would come through kind of, like... I remember that as um, a kid. Yeah. 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 It was cool. Um, so my, my childhood was filled with, like, uh, clothing, hangers, and um, it was a cool place to be. There was a lot of uh, good energy at that at that store, you know, a lot of solid people. The fact that Chris remembers it means he killed it, you know? <laughs> well, when I... Well, we were... I was back east, and I remember telling Todd Richards that, and he lost his shit. He's like, you're shitting me. You're telling me Mike Rav's grandfather is Maurice the Pants. Because he's heard, <laughs> and yeah. Richards, like, lost it, dude. He's gonna, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, to keep things moving, I kind of want to jump ahead to your days at Plymouth State. Mm. Do you think that's kind of a good place where you sharpened your teeth and honed in your skills? And No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was definitely sharpening uh, in certain aspects, but in a more, uh, I would say, sinister way. <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, I don't know. It was a great place, and it had so many different effects on me because, like, school was one part, and then my, you know, uh, life outside of school was completely different, and then snowboarding, and then... Uh, just trying, you know, first time you're really like on your own. Um, so I would say that I was making a place to eventually hone in on my skills for sure. But at the time I was just like kind of. Well, for myself, you guys were putting out those insane lunatics edits. Mm. So those were those were something to look forward to. Like yeah, Skyler and you. That was a incredible era. Just like having amazing people around and amazing talent and because you know i'm not saying that like uh, plymouth was bad for me by any means i needed that place um but like when it comes to like my snowboarding that's a whole different i think sort of story but being close to loon and having uh our whole crew and that was like unreal uh, in in a way i would say honing into my skills for sure just through all the knowledge that i was gaining about snowboard culture um because, you know, you grow up in Central Mass, and I'm obviously obsessed with snowboarding, but I still, you know, to this day, I'm still learning about snowboard culture, you know, and, like, what it entails. So, um, yeah. What What are your thoughts on college and stuff like that? Do you think it's a good avenue? or it depends, I think, for the person. Um, really, anything depends on the person and where they're at and, like, what they feel is important. Um, but for me... I needed it, and I had no choice because at the time I was brainwashed, and when you get out of high school, you go to college, you know? Yep. Um, so that was just how that was. There was no way around that, and I actually didn't get into really any other schools that I wanted to get into, um, so it ended up being Plymouth as, like, when we – that was the last one I got the acceptance form. I hadn't really gotten into any, any of the other ones. I wasn't a very good student in high school. Um, so when I got the acceptance to Plymouth, uh, especially after we had – Nick and I had visited and – we got to stay at a house with uh, um, Andre Barrow, and we got to, like, see, like, Chris Carr and Ryan Stefani and those guys, like, briefly throughout the night just, like, checking out what the scene was like. And I immediately knew that, that was the place I wanted to go, and um, I'm really thankful because, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how hard it is to get into Plymouth. At that time, I, I'm sure it's getting harder, but uh, I'm really thankful that they let me in. <laughs> Yeah, How long did you go there for? Sorry. Four years. Four years. Oh, you, yeah. you got it done. Yeah. Nice. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, barely. I mean, not barely. I did really well, but it was uh, it, kind of playing into what I think about college. Like, it's either do it and, um, you know, make something of it or don't. 
and or and if you're not doing it because there's something else you want to do, do that um, and make something of it. You know, regardless of what that is, it's infinite what you can do with things. But um, I think for me, like that was the busiest time in my life. I wasn't really getting. I wouldn't say I was getting better at snowboarding. I was getting better at filming maybe because I realized that you only had so much time to get tricks. So you can just kind of get in that mode and just like get tricks for like lunatics and stuff. And uh, we were always snowboarding. I was always filming though. Like I don't feel like I was like going out and like honing in on my skills at all. Like it was always just like film, 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 which I'm thankful for because that's just the route it needed to go. Well, it seemed like around that time you and Skylar had kind of formed a good relationship, that rider filmer dynamic, like that, that was your guy. Yeah. um, I don't know. I, I love kind him. of, but Skylar was even like sort of laid into the scene because um, when I first got into Plymouth, it was uh, Happy Tree Productions. Yep, and that was James Thomas, and that was it was a you know a whole nother thing filming with James, but it was just it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different with everyone, but yeah, I think for like you know really, but I think I was using you know my part for the Happy Tree came out, and then um, then we started doing the Lunatics, and so it all was kind of like moving in mm-hmm. different phases. So cool, so cool. Well, I like to, uh, me and Buds have discovered that we like to get in and name that video part early. True. Oh, man, okay. So we're, right we're just going to jump right into this one right now. Um, Actually, let's do it later. You want to do it later? Yeah, let's do it later. Okay, let's keep talking. Wow, we switched yeah. it up. Okay. In, in that case, then, um, you know, we were speaking on the phone last night, and one of the things you were talking about was the current state of the world and, <laughs> and COVID and yeah. and that, that whole thing. Do you, do you want to, like, what are your thoughts on on um, COVID and lockdown. I have down. a lot of thoughts on all of it. Yeah. But I'm trying right now to simplify those things um, because there is so much to process in this world right now. And um, I think for me right now, how I'm processing it is that I'm just trying to do as much research into everything as I can. Um, and also just trying to find my own way, my own feelings through all of it. Um, that I feel truthful to and um, taking time mainly I think mainly like what I was getting at that conversation I mentioned we could talk about like quarantine and stuff uh, yeah uh, just talking about like simplifying you know and kind of thinking about our worlds you know and like what we uh, play into in our lives because it's just like uh, where we devote energy is the things that are going to be like flowering and stuff like that you know like if you had a garden Yep. Um, so, and then where we divert energy, those things won't grow. So I was just thinking throughout this whole time, like during the quarantine, like not doing anything all day, basically just like kind of sitting on the porch thinking, um, just kind of inventorying my own life and seeing like where I'm at with, uh, all the things going on, you know, where I feel comfortable, where I feel like vulnerable. And I don't know if it's necessarily a conversation of getting into like nitty gritty, like, uh, like details about it, but. I just wanted to maybe talk about just like taking some time to think about our worlds, you know. And it sounds like self-reflect as well a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you used an interesting choice of words with inventorying your life and all that. And yeah, yeah, it's a crazy time, and it, it is a good time to think about what's going on here. I mean, it's the least that we can do, I think. Because yeah. like, it's hard to. I think uh, I just think about how it's hard to make like genuine change. It's not impossible, but it's hard. And you want to make sure that you have your truths together before you start jumping out. It's just like uh, we could talk about Plymouth, you know. Like uh, I think that during that time, I got a lot of opportunities in my earlier career that um, 
maybe like I jumped at, you know, I was yep. like chomping at the bit to get to like any, by any means. So yep. excited. Um, to so get excited. In. You yeah. know, everything else in my world, just like, goodbye, you know, I'm doing this. Um, it's on not saying that those things were wrong, but to just like, um, know when, know what you're doing, you know, to be like really honest with the, your movements. Totally. That sounds to me, what I'm getting out of that is like a lot of times you need to slow down and self-reflect because if you're yeah. just going, 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 distracting, distracting, you don't have that time to totally. form and an opinion. And that's why or, I thought the quarantine was so good because like, yeah, I can't hang out with my friends and we had a really good situation where I was staying. Um, I'm really thankful for the time, but I was looking at it like, okay, like I'm not, I don't need to be anywhere. I'm just going to like take these hours that I have, you know, with no pressure to do anything, like especially after like, you know, what we do, we're on, on the move constantly. You know, I realized I never even, like, had a summer to myself. I was always at Mount Hood and everything. So this is, like, the longest period where I wasn't, you know, traveling or, like, you know, trying to put my stuff together. Yep, you know? yep. But in a, in a, I was putting it together in a different way, and I still am. Um, so it was if, good. If more people took your attitude and took the quarantine as serious as you, we'd probably be in a much better scenario right now. It depends on seriousness because, like, I took it serious in a way to, like um, – just slow things down, but uh, we also took it pretty seriously, just like as like a, a virus as well. Yeah. For the most part, I think, as as much as we would have hoped to. Hearing this stuff, I've known you for a long time, and one of the things I think is really cool is if you talk to most people, you ask them, "What have you been up to?" Their, their standard response would be, "Oh, I've just been so busy." Right? They <laughs> they they almost use being busy as a point of. Of bragging uh, or, or of bragging, like, yeah. like oh, yeah, I do like, so much, like, oh, I'm, I'm so doing more busy, than right? you, <laughs> right? I'm exactly so. Then you look, but then you know, talking to you, I feel like you have a really slow pace of life in the fact that you get up, you don't rush things, you move and you move to developing life, develop, a slower place, pace of life, yeah, developing it. Developing but it. Th- there's you have this analogy about rest that you came up with that just like <laughs> exploded my mind. You can I'm you, glad. yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Um. And this is like one that I was thinking about a long time ago. It was just like if you pictured everything as like a slingshot. And the longer that you just going back to chomping at the bit and jumping at stuff and like, oh, you know, I got this opportunity and got that opportunity, like boom, boom, boom. Um, you wait and it's like you're pulling the slingshot back like further and further and further. So then when the time comes and you feel comfortable and you have like en- good energy or and then, you know, and the, the, the shot goes straight and it goes uh you know, it's got accuracy as opposed to... It's explosive. Yeah, it's... it's and, and then, but, you know, it's just fine. It's different for everyone, I realize. You know, my, my time is going to be different from someone else's. Well, you see that in your snowboarding in the fact that when you go out there, it seems like you put 100% of your whole body into it. Mm. And, and I notice you take a lot of days off. Mm-hmm. And I feel, you know, a lot of people are constantly like, oh, I snowboard for a living. I need to snowboard all day, every day. Like, and you're like... No, I'm gonna rest so I can go hard tomorrow. Well, I think also that's that that has come from a mentality where I usually am snowboarding every summer too. So like, like people are like, oh, the season's like almost done. I'm like, mm, for you maybe, but I'm gonna be at Mount Hood yeah. riding all summer. So and that's where I feel like I do a lot of progression as well. But I, I take off days that uh, you know, like I'm just trying to be better at like when I feel because you're right. I, I try to put in everything I got um, for tr- pretty much everything I do if I'm going to do something. So maybe that's why things have got slower because I've realized that I need to like have time to recuperate 
and like give people my best because what I'm I'm not I'm not as useful when I'm at like 50%, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've been on a lot of trips where I've been at 50% and you're like, "Damn, I was like across the world and I really wasn't even there. I was so tired cuz I'd just been traveling all straight before that." So um yeah, it's just trying something I'm realizing. Yeah, you travel a lot. So I did travel yeah. a lot. I'm hoping to slow that down a little and bit. And be just a little more precise. <laughs> Choose the right trips, the right crews, the right exactly. scenario. Just like what we talked about, I'd rather, you know, have one or two big trips and, like, really mm-hmm. go there and, like, submerse myself and, like, learn from and then switch it up every year. Um, or or maybe stay closer and go on more trips, you know, but, like, traveling is, is draining. It's, uh, it's a crazy yeah, it's, thing. It's gnarly, right? Yeah. And that's an interesting one. You and I both being from Massachusetts, I feel like there's a faster pace of life. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. The, the light is green. It's creeping over for here. Two though, seconds, you know, and somebody's honking, yeah. and it's like the thing turned green. Point one seconds ago, and yeah. people are laying on the horn, and you know the line to get your coffee. Everybody's stressed out and everything. And I think it's creeping over if it hasn't already. You know, but it's it's hard to. What I was getting at is it's almost hard to unlearn that because I'm like that, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to learn to like be chill, but it's like fucking hard. Can't really, I don't know if it's the learning would be the word. I yeah. think it's just like practicing. You practice, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just like. Uh, Training, basically training yourself. I'll tell you what: when someone honks the horn at me and it's only been green for point sec, I almost want to get out of the car. And yeah, be but like, What's I, th- up? I think uh, you know I might be that guy behind you doing that. Dude, <laughs> I'm looking for you. I don't think it's a bad thing because I just think about how like there's a flow to like traffic, especially like when you're in your vehicle. Like every second that goes by, that the flow isn't moving, like it just. It messes everything up. back up. But I, I'm see, talking like when like it just turned green and uh, uh, you haven't even had a second to yeah, go. I will, I will I say, though, I will honk ha- have for sure if it's been green for like two, three seconds. Yeah. I'm honking. And then the person looks at you like I'm the asshole. I'm right. like, you're the asshole. I got shit. I got places to go. Yeah, but you know what that is. They're looking at themselves like, damn, I shouldn't have been on my phone. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Caught in the act yeah. of being on their phone or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're all guilty of it, though, you know. I try not to. I try I just, not to. I just am a relaxed driver, I'll tell you what. I, li- I like Bud's that. actually has an issue where he actually has a lazy eye or some shit when no, he's like driving. What tired eyes. Oh, tired eyes. Mm. <laughs> Dude, in the daytime. I could be just driving around the highways of Utah, and all of a sudden I just start to fall asleep. I can see that. Gnarly. Yeah, I bet there's similar things like people watching movies and stuff. Just you get comfortable driving. Just yeah. Like, Dude, if it's nighttime, I could drive all night. Really? Not get tired, just I'm your boy. Daytime, like one time coming back from uh, Wyoming with my wife on Park City, Parley's, was in the fast lane, fell asleep, <laughs> full as busy as that gets, floated four lanes over, Dude. and my wife eventually grabs me, and I'm almost off the road, and luckily I didn't overcorrect. Where, where would was, you be without her? Dude, I was fully asleep. <laughs> And she woke me up. She's like, what are you sleeping? And I'm just like, "Ah, I wasn't asleep. And I'm like four lanes over. Shouts to Angie for keeping Stony Buds. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Well, now she knows. She just basically watches me when we're driving. (laughs) Make sure I'm not falling asleep. Where would we be without the people in our lives? Dude, for real. We need them. When we're traveling all the time, like some of those snowboarders do. I read that in one of your interviews. Sometimes you were thinking that maybe you lost chances at certain relationships because oh, you were yeah. cruising around and sacrifices you might have made you know it's not that i lost them because i gave them away you gave or, them away uh, i walked away from them yeah um, so playing, in, playing into the question of what you want to do like i think about young guys like coming up right now and um you know like i think in this world there's ways to do both you know you can make it work like at, at that lower stage but i was just you know for me it was one or the other and yeah. i was getting opportunities and i was you know out cruising around um, and then 
all of a sudden you realize like where your importance is. But when it comes to like relationships and people, it doesn't compare to a career, you know? Yeah. So For real. And, and it's just things I had to learn. And then I had to learn the ways that I, I did. How do you going to deal then with the pressure of all your sponsors wanting you to be here, there, here? I don't look at that as pressure anymore. I got, this is another point that I want to talk about is years ago, uh, when things, I wasn't like way, many years ago, my sponsor situation wasn't good. I like wasn't, you know, I didn't have any money really. Um, but I was talking to you and like telling you about some problems I had and, and uh, you were like, oh man, I can't really relate because I have good sponsors and they, they treat me well. And I was just like, I was like, didn't know how to take that at first. And then I was like, damn, like what a, what a cool thing. And I, and I had heard similar things where people were just like, yeah, things are good for me. And that was kind of like foreign to me for some reason. I was like, oh, cause everyone I'm around, you know, it feels like it's like everyone's kind of going through the same thing. Um, but now I, I feel that cause I have like a lot so of, a lot of support right now. People a long time. Yeah. So I get, I that. get that now and yeah. it's, I'm really thankful for that. And I think it's, I needed to hear that because like, you're like, damn, <coughs> it just shows the possibility. You can have sponsors that you're hyped on that treat you well and that you treat well and, um, it's just another thing learning. Yeah. It feels good to kind of, uh, nurture those relationships with the brands and yeah. work hard and, you know, keep, keep those things going throughout the years. And it seems like you've been able to do that. And one of the things I'm curious about is to see your progression over the years, right? If you look at your curve, it's like every year you learn more and more tricks or you evolve in different mm. ways. I kind of wanted to dive into that creative process or your mindset and how to how you're able to evolve in the way you do and learn new tricks every time you go out and all that stuff. I don't necessarily learn new tricks every time I go out. Like it, but I think through just my path, like, okay, well, I'll just start from the beginning, basically. Yeah. Learn how to snowboard. Love it. The yep. best thing in the world. You know, purely love it. Yep. Also, you know, my family had a video camera, so I'd start, would post, like, my camera outside, like, this VHS camera, and I'd record myself doing like a 360 on this yellow plastic snowboard and I go inside and I'd be like so interested in like film and snowboarding and they were both coming together start seeing videos realize that you like holy crap the world of snowboarding is incredible like you see all these amazing people um everything like that we had fuel tv in my house like a you know a privilege that we had mm -hmm. um which had a lot of good videos on it oh yeah um and uh so you start getting immersed in the scene. But then also you're looking at all these guys and you're like, wow, these people are amazing. So you're like, oh, I want to be like a pro snowboarder. You know, I want to be like a snowboarder. So then I think many years after that, you start to see this, like you're, you're working towards being a pro, you know, this pro snowboarder as opposed to like working on the snowboarding itself. And then it, it helped because we were so interested in filming. We had resources. So we got a camera, me and Nick, like as soon as we wanted to film street, we were out there filming street. And that was, like, where we got, like, our most satisfaction, you know, getting a trick, you know? Especially after seeing all the videos with Clip you guys. Clip high, we call it. Yeah, exactly. My, my life for a long time. Still <laughs> probably is. But, so, and then over the years, you realize, you know, when I was going to Plymouth, I started filming Lunatics, and you realize you've just been snowboarding just to film clips. Um, so then, luckily, I moved out to Utah. And, or actually, you know, it started mainly when I was riding with Parker Zamowski and Merrick Joyce. I was fortunate enough to spend, like, one of these years riding Loon and then uh, even, like, a little beyond that. What was that? <laughs> okay, we just had something fall out of the roof of the garage. Uh, there were some 
snowmobile skag uh, plastic pieces. But yeah, it's continue, Ram. Okay. Um, how does that happen? I was just saying, I was like riding a bunch with Merrick and Parker and like relearned, you know. And I had sponsors, and Merrick was like, didn't, but you know, clear you, like, damn, like Merrick's way better than me. Like, he's oh, incredible. Um, been on a lot of trips with him. And so, and then you start thinking, like, why do I have sponsors when Merrick's better than me? And obviously, like, he had sponsors, but like, just different seeing people's careers going like different ways and what's popular at the time and everything like that. And um, so it really made me like motivated to just watching these guys ride and like start learning how to ride and turn. Um, and then once I got, you realize you spent a couple of years turning and then all of a sudden everything starts becoming easier because you can get to the rail more relaxed or get to the jump more relaxed and it all starts playing into each other. Um, I forget what the question that we were talking about, how, well, you just know. <laughs> the mentality and progression yeah. kind of. Um, yeah, so I just have always been, like, the type where I'm jumping from things, like, my interests and everything like that. So for a while, I was like, I want to film a street part, and I have my idols. And then all of a sudden, you start watching different stuff, and you're like, I want to film a part like that, or I want to, like, do stuff like that. And, like, this year, I got to ride a bunch of powder. So it's just, like, another example of, like, being open, I think, from, like, I was always, like, want to do these things, but another thing is, like, you know, Four years ago, I wasn't ready to ride powder because, you know, I remember this trip I went on during Keep the Change to visit Blake and Jackson, and we were, like, riding powder, and I was never really, like, filmed in powder before. It was, it was like, the hardest thing. I didn't get a cliff that trip. Um, but I landed one little tiny cliff uh, that they were thinking about putting in my video part, and I remember someone was like, no, that, that, that can't go in there. Um, but it made me want to, like, you know, get better because you're like, what? If I can't ride this, why do I have sponsors? You know, like, why? Um, so I think it's just been, like, just interest changing and um, seeing where I'm at. And I don't know. I, I kind of got lost in that one. With your progression, for me, I go out with a lot of different riders. What I notice about you is you can go anywhere. And some riders might be like, dude, there's nothing to do here. Mm. I'm not going to shred. Yeah. They, like, instantly lose they're, they're, they lose their motivation, but you will sit and shred anything, turn it into a sick time, and then get a dope clip. And yeah. that's kind of like his way of progressing, and it's different than Definitely. most people I see out there. Yeah, that's been like a way that I've, um, you know, I think trips are interesting because like people fit in different parts of trips, and you need someone that can, you know, rev it up like while you're waiting at the bottom of the hill and there's something there, you know, past time. And, um, but then like, for for me doing that, where someone else is not doing that, they are going up to the big jump. Yeah. And they're doing a back 12, you know, so it's all relative. Did you go on that and Africa trip? No. Oh, okay. It wasn't you. I was thinking, but you're the type of guy. Scott like, went. Oh, Scott. You're yeah. the type of guy, like, you're saying you need that one dude who can hit the jump, but then you need someone like you. It's not that you need it, but well, I, no, I like being on trips like that. But you like, can just make so, so. something happen. Yeah. I mean, I look go. at snowboarding yeah. like uh, it's a... It's an art medium, you know, art project. do something where you see it. Um, I think that's why street snowboarding's so cool is because, like, you know, if there is snow and there's these features, why not, you know, Dude, fit, figure them out? 100%. And, and some of the snowboarding is getting so insane. It's, like, it's hard to relate. Like, I was watching this clip of Marcus Cleveland the other day, mm. and he does a – which I'm a fan of, but he does, like, a fakey 540 butter and then, like, a crazy front flip – 900 or some shit Get on the, the knuckle. Uh, no, it was it was just like a cra- and it was filmed crazy and it looked like a fucking video game. And yeah. I'm like, if you're a young kid 
you're like, that's what, like, we grew up, we grew up watching JP Walker yeah. do a McTwist. You're like, mm. I can do that. Then nowadays, kids are watching Marcus Cleveland do a fakey 540, 1080 off the knuckle. Yeah, and he and can't even like, compute. And you're like, I'm like, is this, a, is this like computer is generated? This real? Like, yeah. <laughs> and so I think that also, like, that stuff's going in such a crazy direction that I think when you see somebody who's like, refine the method, refine the Andract, like, can Style. switch McTwist anything. Like, those things are more relatable and people like myself i'm right. just speaking for myself i really enjoy watching that that stuff i appreciate that and uh, I've, I've been drawing a lot of inspiration from um older snowboarding but at the same time you think about people's places and people's paths and it's like imagine if there wasn't marcus doing that right now like we know the the real limitations right now like the progression is real and you're like wow like this is truly like phenomenal you know, like Jedi, you know, ninja skills. Like, and Marcus is like, I've been on a couple of trips with Marcus. He's amazing. And just, um, and also he's super young. Like, here's not to say like, I'm, I just turned 30, you know, and I'm working on stuff like in the last couple of years, but Marcus is so young. Like he's, he's going to have done all the, all the insane things. And then maybe one day he's like, check this method out. And you're like, Whoa. True. You know? Yeah. Or like, I want to ride powder yeah. and make that a, Right. Do what you did. When so you he, I think, play. I think everyone, he's just on his path, and I, I, I'm like, I draw so much inspiration from him because you know he's just going out and he's just like, pow, pow, when he's got energy and yeah. I'm, when I watching him in person, it's another thing, you know, when you watch someone in person, it's completely different. Like when you watch someone like chatter into this jump, um, at at sunrise, you know, like for the shoot. And you can just see, like, when someone's in a session, you know, like, when they're, like, just focused and uh, seeing that was inspiring. 100%. You hear a lot of these guys kind of get hated on, the contest guys, um, for doing big big spins, 1440s, right? But if you go to these contests and you watch them warm up and do a back seven, like, first run, you're just like... Oh my exactly. God! So it, it's not like they just learned the fourteen forty. Like you, exactly, I like to give those guys credit for like because they can. It's beautiful watching those guys hit jumps. Yeah, I mean it's the next progression. You hope that's how it is because like that's what the world's all about is like stepping stones. You know, like the twelve sixty triple court doesn't exist because uh, it doesn't exist unless you know Jamie did a method, you know, ten years ago. So it's just like it all is playing into each other. Nothing is wrong. Nothing's mm-hmm. bad for snowboarding, for the world. It's just kind of sorting out mm-hmm. where you individually want to be, like, placing yourself. And luckily now it's the industry is so big, you can't choose what scene you're in for the most part. But I think that's another downfall of it as well. To compartmentalize? Yeah, exactly. It's Instead, like, we're all, like, your art, that's, like, speaks to your art. We're all in it together, right? Would yeah. You say you wanna, Whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have any thoughts on that to change gears? Um, we're all in this together. Yeah, I love that shit. Um, it's just like, well, one day, I mean, the drawing is just like the sun or star shining down on everything on the earth. Um, and basically, the sun sun goes out, nothing on earth exists anymore. Maybe we have a couple years of living, like, as, you know, some sort of rodent in the dark. But, like, I think it's a good enough example of why everything is important um, plants, trees, you know, all these things that don't have voices, all, all these things under the sun like that, that image maybe like could be refined a little bit. I think that I did that many years ago. Um, and I I was actually thinking about it, how like in these times more, more words are needed, I think, because the symbols have always been about that, you know, like it's just about 
uh, we're all under the sun. If that thing goes out, we're, we all go out. Um, so I think that that alone is why we should try to work together, you know. Um, it just seems petty, a lot of the stuff uh, that we have going on um, when we really do have everything in common with not even just humans, but like plants and animals, dirt. The fact the sun that is in the perfect place to create our life is insane, you know, <laughs> just happen to line up. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I think it's beautiful. I think yeah. uh, it's like uh, something to find beauty in and just want to enjoy time because like think about it <laughs> you could be anywhere else you could be on saturn the rings of saturn you know and yeah. dust dust particle i i heard an interesting analogy about humans you know especially with a lot of the race stuff going on right now and mm-hmm. and how it's divided uh it hopefully getting less divided but um somebody brought up a point that the only thing that might bring us together is if aliens came, right? Because, like, right now, people are seeing each other yeah. as different until there's a bigger form that starts totally. to fuck us up. And then so we might all view each other as the same. I don't want to be that guy, but they're here, dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've been getting us ready for years through all these Brent. movies. Doing some probes, or what are we talking? Dude, I've been watching some, <laughs> listening to some podcasts. Have oh, you been doing some conspiracy theory? Uh, Wormholes? They're here. Yeah. They're, dude, I mean, the, actually, they've admitted the government has put out shit. They're here. They've admitted it. Okay, you well, I just research, think about this. You can find it. It's like, wouldn't we be aliens? You know, we're on a planet floating around in space. We're someone else, we're an alien. You know, it's like, yeah. If we exist, chances are something else does. They've loosely Arcus been. Arcus Cleveland is getting, probably an alien. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, what's up yeah. with that? The yeah, shit that, that makes Men in sense. Black is a documentary. It, it <laughs> is. There are. There is Men in Black. That's a real thing. I'm sure. But I won't press my conspiracy. I love it. I love it. I think it's time for name that video part, though, Buds. What do you think? Let's rip it. Let's grip it and rip it. All right. So um, this name that video part is presented by Snowboard Magazine. They're giving away the season's pass to the winner. Do you know uh, what the season's pass is, Buds? 2021 season pass is all four issues of Snowboarder. It is a Snowboarder beanie. A balaclava, a sticker pack, the new Tangle DVD, and uh, basically the winner gets the season pass and all that, and uh, it's got like a two hundred dollar value or something. So I love it. Let's get into hot. it. All right, Ravioli, this one is for yourself. Oh, this one's for me. Okay. You got to guess the answer to this. Okay. If you get it right, we have a little prize pack for you. Okay, okay coming at you. I'm so sick of you tonight. Oh, man. Uh. Oh, man. It's right there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I actually, I, I can't, it's going to take me forever just to think about it, but I would assume it's in a grenade video. It is in a grenade I video. I think it's, uh, you'd assume it's not, it's nice. the three, a fisheye clip of somebody going down the bear kink rail. Is it? It's not Shane, is it? Nope. Brian Regis? Nope. <sighs> the fact you got grenade though, that's pretty, yeah. it's like, you know there. what? Uh, you're, you're there. You're hitting grenade. We're going to give it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right here, duck. 
oh yes i was actually like oh, i really hope i get this I ravioli's this, uh, got a it's funny you're like i assume it's a grenade video that means well, you're tell there me, tell you me know the answer you know the answer is jeff anderson oh, full man. metal edges yeah and uh for the listeners we have a special guest performed name that video part oh from ravioli that's what's going down I didn't even know this. I got to tune up. Tune your shit. Okay. I can just start whenever? Yeah. Okay, this is a riff. Uh, the, I pretty much learned this this riff, like, as I first started to play the guitar. Like, whenever, whenever this video part came out is when uh, I started playing the guitar. God damn it, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> I almost shed a tear there. I think I did. Great tune, great video part. If you know the answer to that, comment on the photo of Mike Rav on the Instagram. Uh, Rav, we appreciate having you uh, yeah, the a little first live music. photo posted. I'm going to take us away with the uh, theme show music. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Rav. Okay, Rev. Well, that brings us to. I want to get into your music after hearing you play. Uh, it seems like the Not a good display of evolution like evolution of Rev. You've uh, got onto the. You're a bass player now. Yeah, but you do all kinds of instruments. Well, I mean, I'm a guitar player Gu- and a bass player. Okay, and sometimes I play the drums. Yeah, something. I was gonna say you play the drums too, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Um, Haven't you played a piano a little or no? Yeah, I mean, I we have thought, a piano. In I've my house. seen you do that. Um. Yeah, at Falls Creek, we yeah. were jamming on the piano you're, a little bit. You're just a musician. Uh, I would. I was thinking about how uh, pretty much everything is like kind of an instrument in a way. True. Yeah, depending on how you're using it, but yeah, that's good the, with the, the skin flute. I'm really flute. good at the, the skin flute. <laughs> the skin actually. flute. I, the, bass, uh, I'm, the bass. I got into. I'm classically <laughs> trained. Some would say on the skin flute. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. It's all instruments. <laughs> um. So you like to slap a little bass, though. I don't slap. Like, oh, you don't, oh, you slap, don't slap it a bass. <laughs> I would say I have, like, a acoustic guitar player's mm. style of bass, but I pretty much picked it up because um, I was jamming with uh, Andrew Aldridge and mm. Logan Griffith and those guys, and they were in a band called Hot Vodka with Darrell and Sean Whitaker, and Sean Whitaker went to the Marines, so they didn't have a bass player, but the band was, like, still intact, and I was jamming with them, and they were like, yo, you want to learn these songs? And I was like, yeah, sounds good. So I learned, like, all the Hot Vodka songs and... We played a couple shows and just kind of like, and then it, it's just like jamming's kind of, it's a nice however you can get in there, you know. And I've also realized that um, I don't even want to hear myself play guitar like that much, you know. So it's nice to be like taken back to the bass because it's just a bit more simple. And you guys now, you have a space that you all kind of rent out and go mm-hmm. play music at. Yeah. How does that fit into your life? How's that creative process and um, it's really great because it just gives you a place to go. Like, it's like an, I would imagine like sort of what an office should be like, you know, you rented the spot. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, well, uh, Harry found the place when he moved here, but, um, so you get in, you walk through the threshold, you know, and it's kind of, you're just in a creative zone. There's like, 
and you know the room has seen a lot of creativity in the past and it's a good place to just kind of like post up like we spend like days there like in the heat right now we're just like you know we had a couple weeks where we were there every day and just wait till the sun goes down and you leave but and basically no one can hear you guys because there's not houses around it's like downtownish huh yeah, it's so no yeah. issues. I mean, you it's twenty four hours. You know, we you can, can do your thing. You can go in whenever. That's cool. What time and smash on drums and bass and everything. I, I think that sometimes creativity gets this um, like woo woo y thing around it. Like it's just this like, but you you kind of have to actively be diligent about being creative. Like, would you say you you seek it out pretty aggressively? Or I'm not necessarily seeking it. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. How like. There's these things, like, uh, that might come to you, like, on a whim, you know? And they can't really be, like, pride out of existence. They have to, like, kind of flow into your world, you know? Like, you can't, like, that's, like, when you're prying things, like, you, you might think you got something, you're like, what was that again? Um, and you keep searching for it, like, on the tip of your tongue, but it's gone. You know, when something's just, like, an idea is just gone. That's the know? worst. Um, but that's because it wasn't meant to be. So I think, like, uh, just staying open and letting, finding ways to just kind of let these you know, thoughts kind of seep into your life. So you don't you don't have like a process of like. Do you think the snowboarding and the skating and the art and the music all complement each other and help? Each yeah, other? I think they're pretty much all the same exact thing. Honestly, um, I get like similar feelings uh, through everything. You know, some are more like snowboarding is like not a lot. Like guitars like can be similar to that. Bass can be similar to that. But it's not in my world. That's when it gets like most serious um but you can get to like little moments like that playing music but i mean snowboarding you're like careening down a, a mountain flying through the air it's it's different but it's essentially the same thing you know like like on a guitar like you bend a note and that's like you know tweaking a grab or something like that it's like kind of similar similar things that's dope and each of them requires an a large dedication and time to get good at too like you, you like art yeah. and music it's, it's like time management is dedication like it seems like you've correct me if i'm wrong or i'm putting words in your mouth but i like i admire the fact that you seem to have simplified your life to the fact that you're like i wake up at my own leisurely pace i do my art i have snowboarding i have skating i have my music and and you know some self-reflection and whatnot and reading and but it's not like it doesn't feel like you're doing too much like you you're really dedicated to those things yeah um just going back to like energy like it just takes a certain amount of energy to do anything these days that you want to do right um so i'm just kind of zoning in on the things that i like like i, I have so many interests like i, I want to do this i want to travel here and everything but at the same time just looking at right now is like the time to like really like get my stuff together you know, and, like, try to just, like, make everything as potent as it can be. Dude, I remember the first time I saw you skate is when really sudden clicked for me about you because you kind of skate like you snowboard. Yeah. I and I was, that. like, blown away. Maybe I play the guitar like I snowboard as well. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I wonder if I knew more about music, maybe I'd make that. I'd say that's really but, similar. Yeah. yeah. And when I saw you skate, I was just like, damn, dude, this is nuts. It's like, it was really cool. And it's just, like, your signature cre creative style and... Just, just like, dope. trying to, like, uh, just work with my environments, you know, whatever it may be, with an instrument or with, like, the guitar, skateboard. Yeah, it's Just sick. looking at everything kind of similar. Do you think that you would gear yourself more towards the feel-goods? Like, that is how I would word it. Like, some people are into 
trying to flick out on manual pad for yeah, three hours. Definitely. But you're kind of more um, doing like slash grind and revert out. It's like yeah. flowy. Yeah, totally. Um, well, just like where I'm at right now um, and through like my progressions, like the stuff that I've zoned in on has been like on the, f I would say, flowier side. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people that do flick in, flick out stuff, like they feel that as yeah. well. You know, like when it's like flicking perfectly under you, under you, I was thinking about that, how that's got to be like a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, I just like, uh, you know, especially right now, like I don't really want to like, just like, I mean, it'd be nice to like learn all those things, but I just, uh, there's not a lot of time in the world, you know? So I just like to try and have fun and also just like keep plugging away at the stuff I got going on. Pick your battles. Pick your battles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, and play to your strong suits. Do and, you surf? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to Sick, surf. Hard. Yeah. yeah, it's hard I to surfed, understand uh, the ocean. I, I surfed for a, for a while when I was living in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire for two summers. We would surf like every day. The waves weren't that great, but um, we had uh, Tyler LaRue and I. Um, he's an East Coast snowboarder. Um, we had this yellow uh, surfboard. It was, it was great. And we surfed like every day. It, it was awesome time but it's kind of one of those things i feel like where um you have to do it a lot yeah and then also i have a surfboard that uh jacques barreau just made for me i made it at a or i won it at a contest at loon called whale watchers and i still haven't got it yet but um it's waiting for me so i, I gotta so go sick. back over there and get it yeah that's dope custom made for you that's yeah. sick yeah this is jumping around all over the place but um you know just Hearing all the stuff you said, it seems like you've found, like, a bit of a balance in your life more so, where it's like you you find the things you love, you skate, you snowboard, you nurture those relationships. Uh, but when you were tunnel vision snowboarder at Mount Hood, and we would just, I remember we were both up there all summer, and you'd be, like, losing your fucking mind. <laughs> and, like, you, like, shackles located in the back, like, just... <laughs> Yeah. Those days were insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was just like, it's like Disney World, or I don't, I don't know if it's like Disney World, but government camp, yeah. Mount Hood. Like you're just in this little bubble with all your closest friends or closest friends for the time, and you're doing what you love and you're working, and it's just like you just gotta have fun and keep it interesting. And so, like I think what was looking like we were losing our minds was we were just, just refining ourselves somehow. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah find maybe finding yourself yeah. to yeah. a degree yeah definitely yeah. um yeah that was that was fun uh those are great great times those eras were so simple it's just there's no bills there's no anything Get some you food simply, board. the food's yeah. taken care of you don't yeah. even have to think it's just what trick am i gonna do today right yeah, you need to enjoy those times when they're around because yeah. once they're gone they're gone next thing you know you gotta you're paying your taxes yeah and you're, <laughs> You gotta be an adult. There's many paths. Life gets real. Yeah. Fuck taxes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You I mean, they're important. They're it, important, but, but they suck when you don't pay. Yeah. And you know my deal, dog. I haven't done mine because I'm too turned up. <laughs> In the words of Drake, <laughs> it takes a lot of time and energy to do that stuff. <clears throat> For real. Dude, how about our trip to Australia? I was actually just thinking about it. I was like, was he still on that trip? Yeah, I actually uh, have a story from that trip that I was thinking about last night. Yeah, I have a couple as well. Let's hear. Let's um, hear where we're going. So one morning on the sunrise shoot, Scott Blum and I were like, "Oh, we're gonna go to the top and hang out, um, hang out or something," you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we like take this snowmobile, 
this lady is, uh, she takes us on the snowmobile. She's like, all right, I'll bring you guys to the top. And we, we start going up and like, I don't know what had happened, but she probably wasn't proficient in riding the snowmobile. So we start like kind of reach like at this point where we're like, oh no, like uh, this thing's like going to like start going backwards. So we all fall off of it. And this lady starts like, like pushing it and she's like, doesn't really know what to do. And she falls down and the snowmobile is flipping towards her. And she's rolling on the ground, like, down the hill towards, like, the jump that's below us. So Scott and I were like, oh, my God. So we both run. We're, like, kind of pushing this lady out of the way as the snowmobile, snowmobile is kind of, like, coming <laughs> She was, like, down. the marketing director. She was just kind of, like, right? like um, just totally, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, not very cal- calibrated at that point. Um, so we get out of the way. The snowmobile gets on, on its tracks, starts going down the hill. We're like, oh, my God. Like, this thing is going straight for the lodge where all of – that the team is where everybody is like it's gonna hit the jump and then it's gonna cruise smash into the window and yeah, it was somebody's gonna be somebody's <laughs> gonna be sitting right there and scott and i are just like oh my god and then the snowmobile just rolls up the lip of the jump which was like a a tabletop so it could have just like got on the top and like kept going um but it rock and rolled rolled back down to fake rock nice. dude i remember hearing about that but yeah, i didn't so. i didn't realize that it was almost gonna go through the lodge and everything dude that yeah it was crazy it was like um it was like 5 a.m or something yeah it was early um but that was a learning experience yeah that's nuts what stories do you have from that trip oh man i got a couple well one uh you hit me with a greenie on a lift, and I followed you in and actually hit the jump that you guys were hitting. And it was, I hadn't hit something like that in years, and I was so hyped, man. <laughs> those it was, were, yeah, those it was the Volcom, it was shaped like a Volcom stone, yeah. so you could, you didn't have to hit it the big Marcus Cleveland way. Right. You could hit it any which yeah, way we you both want. Yeah, we both saw Marcus board. Yeah. That, that I mean, he was insane. He was going off. Yeah. But other things I was stoked on, Rav started this art book that was incredible. Sure yeah, you must still have that. Tunga Lodge. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we're mu- and I guess my question is, dude, are Volcom trips like that all the time or what? Yeah, uh, I think that maybe from what I've gathered, they're just kind of simmering down, if anything. But uh, there, it's a good time. Yeah, it's a really like, uh, it's good. Good people. Work know? got done, but like the. Well, that's the thing is like they uh, they understand how work get, work gets done and that's you have a good time yeah um and then you just have the right people involved and you get all the stuff that you need to get um so that's like an like actually Vulcan trips were I think maybe like part of a lot of my personal growth because I got to spend a lot of time with like Scott Blum and Jamie Lynn and like all these guys and Gooch and everything and um. So just like seeing how those guys operate and everything like that, and Scott was like a real mentor to me. I'm really thankful for the time that like him and I got to spend on those trips, and like where, like you see someone that's just like you know obviously still figuring out their life, but at the same time they're taking the time with you to be like, hey, like this is this is what how this works, and just because like you know not everyone knows everything, you know, especially for me just growing up in like Massachusetts, like you don't like you just don't get clued into certain things. And hopefully you figure them out, but sometimes you don't. And uh, it's good to have someone like Scott and those Volcom trips uh, yeah. with all those guys. It was like Yeah, on that trip, it time. was like Pat Moore, it was yeah. Blum, it was Cleveland, Terrier, yeah. um, 
and I mean, it, the list actually keeps going. It was insane. There was like 20 writers at one point. Yeah. And I guess you get those people together. How could you not learn, pick up a thing or two? And yeah. even the surf team came out and hung and not like yeah. the Australian surf team. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. That whole like, crew. Oh my that God. was a trip of a lifetime right it's there. Unreal. And I remember walking away being like, damn, dude, riding for Volca must be dope. That's cool. It's unreal, yeah. That's sick. And it, it takes. I mean, oh, sorry to interrupt. No, I was gonna say it's shaped like my whole. You know, like once I got saw that world, I was like, "This is where I want to be. I want to be like these people." You know, it was fun to watch the progress because it takes a minute for people to find themselves, and it definitely still like, finding still, ourselves. I mean, we still are, <laughs> but like you, you really found yourself to a point where it for a minute, like kind of had the high cascade in. Inspo, like just kind of purely trick inspired, more so. And then you see that Volcom, you know, that Jamie Lynn, that art, that you know, maybe smoking some weed, you know, getting involved, whatever. And then just kind of music, and it was cool to watch you, you know, find yourself in that way. When well, being around Jamie, geez, dude, that guy is a legend. If there was ever a legend, that's unreal. Yeah, yeah. it's unreal. It's not. It's not many words. You know, it's just. That's that's him. Yeah, he's right music, there, art, and instantly like the coolest dude you've ever talked yeah. to. You're just like, damn. Yeah, yeah. I'm really thankful for the time I've got to spend with Jamie and really everybody in that whole that whole environment. And you have Seth Hewitt as a team manager, the yep. general. Yeah, he was there as well, organizing shit to a oh, T, yeah. keeping yeah. everybody set up. Yeah, like I said, like I think a lot of this stuff is um, getting into realms with people because it's all people. You know, all the the whole industry. Um, besides the snowboarding is a group of individuals that are like, you know, working on a craft, perfecting crafts and showcasing it in this way. And I think it's like much bigger than it is. Like I think about how it's like a pure representation of freedom, you know, like snowboarding is freedom, freedom. Snowboarding doesn't exist in the world without freedom, really. I don't think because nor does like a lot of art or maybe the art gets better, but it's like sort of underground. But um, I just look at it like I'm fortunate enough to get into proximity with these people because that's what it's all about you learn from them by being with them and like spending time like i'm here right now like like when drew hauser showed me that video like it's it's actually crazy to be sitting here and talking with you on the show like um and a lot of my whole life was like trying to be like you and scott and like everyone um so yeah it's it's cool it's a it's a cool deal. I think everybody pulls inspiration from everybody and and it's like, you know, even bigger than that, like nurturing those relationships with people in on those trips and yeah. and you know, all that stuff and and meeting meeting people and and having a lasting effect on those people and people I think, you know, there you always get DMs and stuff. I do at least and kids are like how how do I get sponsored or something like that and it's like totally. it's well have a good effect on people when you meet them. Like right. just like be a good person and, and also try to get good at snowboarding, but it's not necessarily a purely tricked base thing. So much totally. of this, it's like, Oh, I want to get on Volcom. But then the Volcom guys are like, well, that guy's really good, but he's not going to like get along with us on this trip. So it's mm -hmm. like being a good person and, and nurturing those relationships. Yeah. I think it's like uh sort of like um, finding the culture, finding your culture that you're true to. And seeing if if it fits into whatever brands you may want to ride for or whatever, really, anyone you want to hang out with, yeah, you know, it's like, do we have similar cultures? Like, you know, like because culture just in a, in a in a sense of like, what do we hold valuable, you know? And for me, it's the people, um, it's the interactions, 
Um, and then the boarding, you know. So I don't really know what I was talking about. Yeah, I've learned well, I that, love it. that you can – I think when I was younger, I'd go on these trips, and you're just so excited. You're doing what you're doing, and it goes by in the blink of an eye, and then you're home. Yeah. If you don't take the time to sit and make those connections – that totally. you can make, you're blowing it, you know, and you got to sit. Totally. Cause like a lot of those out, people live will be, in the moment, you know, a lot of those people will be like lifelong. Like, like when you meet people on trips, like, um, like going to Japan, for instance, like I met Moogie, you know, shout out Moogie. Um, just incredible human that like, I want to keep in touch with. Yeah. You know, I want to like, I, like I sent him photos of like food that were eating and stuff sick, and yeah. everything like that. And it makes me want to like learn Japanese and like, it just takes it to this whole, and then that's another maybe going back into like the worldly thing is like because of all the travel, you get to see how different you know types of people are operating in different countries and where the speed of those countries are operating at. And you're like, whoa, like this is a whole different pace of life. Like this is beautiful. And then you you take it to your home um, and your family. Like I have this little like pendant, and it's like this like maze, and what it represents is like you go out into the world, you learn things, and you bring it back to your family. Um, and I, I, I think that's the best thing, you know, bring it back to your house to inspire mm-hmm. the people that are close to you and in your circles and everything. And, uh, and then uplift everyone. And then, then you think about if, if people did that, then it would bring everybody up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love dope. that. I love that. And this is an offshoot of that, but going back to, um, you know, traveling, learning so much there, there's a lot that you get from each culture where you go and, you know, Stone and I, we, we went to Kazakhstan not too long ago. And I don't know if I told us on the podcast or not already, but I remember going there. We showed up. I showed up. It was like four in the morning. It was still dark out. It was fucked up. There was weird smells out of our Airbnb. It was terrible. And like I was like, and it was so cold. And like, it just felt like a, like a foreign, like a foreign, very, very foreign place. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Cause I was like, I had tired myself out so much from traveling this winter. Mm. I was kind of sick. And, uh, you know, regardless, like I remember being so uncomfortable and then, and, and, um, by the end of it, we were there for two weeks. I was like, I could live here. This yeah. is great. Like yeah. I, I didn't totally, want to go home. I didn't want to go home. Right. <laughs> and, and that kind of is an analogy, I think for this, this COVID situation happening mm. too, because you're like, you're like, Oh God, we have to wear a mask or this or that. And Oh, this is, and, and it's so crazy how quickly things become normal, you know, like, and I, I realize totally. this, whether you're, whether you're broke or you have money or whatever, it, it doesn't matter your circumstance. Like, yeah. let's just say like, this is some deep shit, but let's just say the whole world collapsed. Right. And we had to like go kill shit for food and garden or whatever that would become normal. And it's okay. Right. So I find so much peace in like, there's a lot of uncertainty happening in the world. Right. Yeah. But like, it will all become feel normal eventually, you know? Totally. So like, I th- I think, uh, like, I'm not even plugging this because they told me to plug it, but they have a, Vulcan has a campaign right now that says embrace change. Oh, yeah. I think that that's, like, that's, that's huge. it. That's simple. Just, um, if we can embrace the changing world, I mean, think about it. We're all changing every minute, you know. Your beard's growing as we speak. <laughs> as we speak. Um, you know, you're a different you every second that goes by. So, it's, like, if we embrace those things, you know, flowers die, fall to the ground, and go into the soil, and the plant grows again the next year, you know. It's, like, it's all a cycle, and... Um, just in embracing the change of yeah. seasons, you know, it's what this whole world is built on. But, you know, I think, uh, all the stuff that I've been reading recently has been like talking about how we're just like, com- the word compartmentalize, you know, yep. we we compartmentalize everything, like our clock, our system, you know, our time, you know, it's like be here at, at 11 o'clock. I was only 15 minutes late, but, um, more time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like finding ways to, 
to just like, you know, straighten and uh, create sterility in a beautiful world of craziness, you know. But I think it's just about embracing change. Hundred percent. Don't if, be don't if, be so rigid. Yeah, if you exactly. Can't rigid. embrace change and what's going on in this world. Like you're gonna have a hard time. So yeah, you better yeah. just get used to it. You know. Yeah. Exactly. And who like if with this cancel culture? It's crazy because. Ten years ago, I was not the same person that I was. So it's kind of gnarly sometimes to think about. In some in some cases, well deserved. Yeah. But in some cases, it's like, dude, that dude was fifteen and made yeah. a mistake and yeah, yeah, was totally. not fully formed with his thoughts and totally. let's not rip him apart. Well, one thing I was He's also a new person now. Just but. thinking about just based on like the things that have been coming into my life was is like prisons. Um, you know, like I think that. Obviously, there's things that you go to prison for and that you should be in prison for, but also I think I think that people do change. And I think maybe if these institutions were geared more towards... And, and I don't know what they're like. They, they, could, they could be like that, but I'm just like... I've been clued into a lot of uh, corruption that's been happening yeah. in prison systems. Yes. Um, I so I think that, like, it's crazy because, like, a lot of these people are probably really energetic, potent people that if their powers were, you know more directed towards something positive they would find themselves you know instead of just being locked up forever and um i just think it's it's, it's in a way wrong some people should be in there for sure um but i think that maybe that whole system just like needs a looking I, upon i was just listening to some stuff about that too that's really interesting and i think it was like the average inmate uh you know i could be wrong in this but from the source i was getting it costs 200 to 400 thousand dollars a year to keep an inmate detained, right? And mm-hmm. with that that's a lot of money. Where does that money go? Well, you realize that a lot of that money goes to, you know, these prison guards and, and mm-hmm. officers, and they need their pension, right? So, right? so it's like this system that needs to keep, to keep these officers' pensions going. Like, it's, it's like a, it needs to keep fueling itself and right. at the dispense of people going, you know, at the, at the expense of people totally. getting a weed charge. And, and it's almost like 90% of them, it's actually just like, like, like small infractions, like violating probation, but not anything serious. And then this guy's, you know, people's lives are ruined. So there's, there's like, I mean, this is a whole complex conversation, but um, yeah. I, I, the I war like on the, drugs totally. put people then very small marijuana charges in prison. Yeah. Mm. Obama tried to get them all out, and now that's kind of stopped, and it's it's crazy, and it's harsh. Yeah. It's just one thing that's been, like, sort of, uh, you know, blinking in, in my life right now that I keep hearing about, so it's just something I'm thinking about. I don't know really anything about Have it. Have you seen the movie The 13th? I haven't. On Netflix? No. It's more focused on on black people that were totally. put in prison, but it's insane. It'll, it'll blow your mind. Yep. Yeah. Breaks down the facts, the numbers, and how many, and, and the business that it is, mm-hmm. privately so owned. Yeah. So and, many conversations, and there's more. There's more black people in prison than there were that were slaves back in the day. Right now, and it's that's something like, like one out of four. Yeah, it's fucked up. Black it's, men are in prison, but yeah, and that's um. This is why you know right now, especially everybody needs to be talking about it. And yeah, I don't know, just because I think it's overwhelming time where there's so much. So much corruption, I think. Maybe there always has been. I think and there always has And it's, has it's been. hard because you're like, what do I do? You know, like, I want to do something. But um, I think uh, talking about it and finding yeah. it, you know, maybe we figure something out. I and hope. What we can do is just make sure we're not corrupt. Yeah. Talk about it. And, and it, I think it's hard, part, yeah. Part of yeah. that is is some introspection. At, at least, you know, it's hard because people 
might look and it's hard to take a look in the mirror and you know especially talking about race stuff no no uh white person even if they're completely racist aside from a kkk is ever going to be like oh i'm racist even if they say the n-word or if they they say some fucked up shit around their friends they're never going to say oh i'm racist but they're throwing that word around well you're hey guess what newsflash you're throwing that word around you're racist okay let's be clear like you know what i mean like (laughs) so they're like oh like like we need to people need to take a look in the mirror and the problem is nobody wants to look like an asshole and it is hard to be like whoa i've i'm you know people I need to make a change, you know, but that's, right. I think people are starting to slowly get there and, yeah, and, and, it's, o- and it? it's okay. You know, yeah. like, uh, there's no right or wrong way. This is going to happen. You just hate to yeah. see people, you know, jumping at each other's throats. Yeah. Um, finger pointing. Exactly. Like that is, it's really tough. Uh, cause I don't think people learn like that. It's like, uh, you know, dogs, you know, when you train your dog, do you have, do you have to like point at it? Like I don't know how that works. Yeah, dog, they, they react a lot better when you give them a treat and you say, "Good exactly. job, hey, good job for doing this." Exactly. I'm not getting instead of hitting them for doing something that's wrong. That's so right. true. Yeah. If you give them snacks, man, that's yeah. the key to their. Big hearts. Phil is he <laughs> yeah. is a food motivated son of a bitch. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's really cool to hear. And I, I mean, I, I can dive into this a little bit deeper, but I think that a lot of the people pointing fingers, it comes off sometimes the finger pointing culture. It's a it's a moral moral superiority, right? If mm. if 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 I point my finger at you, then I feel better about myself. So some people are doing it for the right reasons. Some people are doing it for moral superiority, right. which you can kind of see from a certain point. But at the end of the day, there's a big change happening. There's a giant civil rights mu- movement happening. It's yeah. fucking awesome, you know. But um, it's it's an uncomfortable time of change, you know. Yeah, so. I think uh, all great things come from uncomfortability, yeah. you know, because um, it's just embrace change. Um, it's going to be uncomfortable and things will change. Yep. You know, a lot of the stuff that we hold is our comforts. Yep. Um, I'm just thinking about like uh, the things that maybe we have to get rid of um, because we devote energy, I mean, and money to like certain things. Who knows what, where that money's going and what it's fueling. Um, so I think once we look into all that a little bit more and like realize where every cent of our money is going um, and all and our energy and everything like that, because like chances are you could be buying soap that is fueling the prison systems, yep. you know? So I think it's good to to start learning about that stuff or, like, make make these things your own. Buy them from friends. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is, and I think it's going to happen over a long period of time. I think, I think it's a patience. But I, I get that right now is the time that, like, there has to be, like, there's momentum. And I, I feel it, too. Like, we've been to some um, protests and stuff and a lot of energy. It's beautiful. It seem you know... People have to come together for unfortunate circumstances, but I think that's how all the change has always been. Absolutely. You know? I, I mean, I, I love this subject right now. Um, my girlfriend, Uni, she's black, and like a, a different a subject that's kind of, you know, something we don't think about is that she lives in Oregon. When she drives from Oregon to Utah, she's scared. Okay, yeah. she she can't drive by herself from Crazy. Oregon to Utah because there's people in Idaho with Confederate flags right. all over the place, right? So right. like that's just something that like I've never thought about. Oh, I can't drive. I can't drive to Oregon like because it's not safe, you know. And so, so you'll now, jump in your car and go. I'll just. I've never. Been, I'm like, oh fuck, you know, like yeah. I, I I'm gonna leave on Tuesday because I got to wait for yeah. something or what? There's no. There's never a real reason why I can't drive anywhere in the United States, you know. But you know, it's crazy while it was happening here. We're we're going to you know we're we're going to, um, la da, yeah, yeah like well I was gonna say we're going to protest here and while oh, this yeah. is I, I went up to northern Idaho, you know right after yeah. the George Floyd situation happened and 
I'm driving around Northern Idaho. There's people in Confederate flags, like Coeur d'Alene. Everybody's got Confederate flags on their car. And I'm coming from a city where I'm like, really. And so you're like, this shit. You know, people like to sweep it under the rug because the the real deal is a lot of a lot of. I feel like white people, they, they want this to go away because it makes them feel uncomfortable and they want to go back to their real life because it doesn't affect them, right? Privilege by definition, essentially. And so it's, it's good that it's like, it's not going away. We're addressing it and people are waking the fuck up. I think so. that's like, I don't really like Instagram that much. Yeah. You know, I'm like, it, it doesn't, uh, I don't know, it doesn't do a lot for me, but you know, when I do go on and I learn a lot from it and you see that people like, even though who knows what it does when you post something, it's like, People are clued into things, and regardless of what they're doing, they still know about these things. And maybe if it's, like, just this one little catalyst to push someone over the edge into a different world, then it's great. Um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, it's good to see that people are active and everything mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to find, like, my ways to be more active as well because we can always be more active. But I'd like to think that snowboarding, like I said, is a it's an extension of freedom. And it is a privileged sport. Yep. But every time I go out, I do it for, I think, the ability to do it. Um, I can go out and I can um, jump in the air and express myself. And I think that the world, if people express themselves, um, the world will be a bit more colorful of a place. And uh, I don't know. It's just like everyone may be trying to find their way to find uh, their truth in whatever they do, you know. That one might have just like circled. No, no, <laughs> I like it. I like it because you fundamentally look at your motivation for why you do things, and and it seems like yeah. it's a deeper. It's not just like you really love it and you really do it for the right reasons. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think about how like maybe I grew up with like my moral compass was in a different calibration, you know, and the things I was looking at um, as important were maybe not so important. Are they not so important to me now? So I just think about that and like that's something that's happened through snowboarding and the people that I've been able to come in contact with um, through all these companies and snowboarding. Yeah, they're companies, but they're people mm -hmm. um, and all the people that and it's helped shape what I feel is important now. So I, I, I really hold those hold snowboarding dear. And I um, I've realized now just through the quarantine how something can just disappear. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, the resorts might not open. Yeah, we can snowboard, but it's going to be different. And I hope they'll open. But. Yeah, uh, snowboarding it's not guaranteed so when I go out I try or when I do anything it, it tr I try to look at it like um, could be your last time doing it yeah you know? international mm -hmm. travel yeah they're yeah. kind of banning the states from going anywhere yeah. right now We next year we might not be able to do our cool trips yeah but maybe also, never again never, yeah, but traveling also, as we know might never be the same exactly and then the world is, is going to be grim to not experience that people just being secluded into their ways I don't know but people find a way. People they do. Way. They do find a way, and I think this is an interesting thing about COVID. I've been noticing is that, like, going back to some of the earlier stuff we were talking about, it's it's like this fear culture of like, you know, like obviously you have to wear a mask, be safe, keep your hands sanitized, like don't go places if you don't need to. But there's so much emphasis on on like 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 numbers and scaring people and tads when there's not one single news network saying, "Hey guys." Let's get your immunity up. Like, because people that are healthy yeah. aren't really susceptible to this. Let's, like, right. make sure you get some vitamin D. Let's make sure you totally. get some exercise. Let's make sure you eat healthy. Because that's, like, that's really the solution. But it's, like, no, let's, like, instill the fear side of yeah. that and make sure people are scared because that yeah. sells way more ratings. Yeah. I don't know. Which is kind it's of crazy watching the news. But um, 
I think it's good to if it sparks something, but at the same time, it, it is a fear culture that we're in right now. It's been topic of conversation um, for a lot of conversations I've had regarding what's happening, um, and really, fear is uh, that'll get you. You know, I think uh, maybe a lot of the problems that we have in health go along the realm of like stress and fear, because I think they do a lot more damage to your body, you know, than a lot of things. So, food. Really, just preventative medicine. You know, eat good, feel good. Try to. You know, also, ingestion is. Uh, you can in- ingest some someone. You're in. People are in, ingesting this right now. So I hope for it to be something that's passing on, like something positive. You know, because uh, that's it. All plays into the same thing. I mean, you're a positive person. It's gonna pass positivity, creativity, so. and that's dope. I mean, I think you got it's a really cool way of looking at things. Least you know? I can do on like the platform that I have is just to, and I, I said this because I was actually like uh, pretty nervous about this interview. Um, no, I would not think that. I would not think you I mean, even I, care. Like I would say, so mellow, yeah, when you rolled up and <laughs> maybe yeah. not nervous, but excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just also thinking about it. It's just, um, but I, I told myself I just want to come on and I want to try to just like be myself and not try yeah. to be like. You know, uh, you know. Uh, That's the way to be, though. Be yourself. That's gotten you, know? you where you're at. Yeah, is you way, being you. There's it's many like, years where uh, who knows who you met. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you know? well, you don't know who you are, so you can't figure <laughs> right. it out. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I don't know why this is coming to mind, but I I do think this is like, you know, online with what we're talking about. But people tend to remember how you make them feel, not what you said or what you did. So it's like right. those those interactions are important. What you say on here, how you make people feel, like you're just like, yeah, you good. It's Whatever it, and it's in it's it's more important to to have that effect on somebody than totally. Well, I think about this with Instagram and all the words people can say a lot of words, mm-hmm. words, 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 words. What do they all mean? Oh, I think when someone learns something, they it's because they feel it, mm-hmm. you know. And that is you know just because I know that two plus two equals four, like just because I know those words doesn't mean I understand the equation. Like when but when you see that there's these two things plus another two things equal these four things. You're like, oh, um, and then it's then you feel you feel the answer. You know, it's like life's an equation or something like that. And um, maybe math is like something also more of a feel thing. You know, it's like balancing these things out. But yeah, I think people learn when they feel. I know that through like all the stuff I've done, like all the mistakes I've made, like they felt they felt wrong, and you don't want to feel like that again. So you make the adjustments. You know. I, I love that it, it's not about the analytical brain; it's about the feel brain. Like, because yeah. because you because people try to analyze their way. It's like it's like a relationship. You totally. can take that. You can be like you can be like, well, this person's good for me because exactly. they have this job and they do this and this. But you don't love each other. But then yeah. you have that person that you meet that you feel it. Yeah, and right. you, it, it's not analytical. You can't right. sit there and quantify it through exactly. a- accomplishments. You're like, I feel that I'm in love with this person, so right. I'm in love with this person. And it's like not it's not like a tangible thing. And exactly it's, same goes for what you're talking about. Yeah, I think that's it. You know, I think, uh, but a lot of emphasis in our world is about numbers and like uh, the quantifications, yeah. you know, people might designate what their day is like based on the number that they look on their phone in their bank app, yeah. you know, that might decide how happy you are yeah. and how you feel about tomorrow as well. Um, but really, it's like, I think that if we've, you know, the simplification has been like my main thing is like, I'm trying to find, I don't, I don't have to go far from my um to see beauty, you know, I walk out my door and catch a ray of the sun, look at a flower, pretty happy. Go snowboarding, that's a bonus. Go skate, that's a bonus. Hang out with people, mega bonus. You know, it's like, um, so everything is like, well, it's 
It's really beautiful. I love it. I love it. Well, it takes a lot of work on yourself to be able to admire the beauty, take it in, see things for what they are, see, love things. You have to, you have to find yourself, work on yourself to come out of that pessimistic place. You know, some people are looking at the same thing, thinking it's ugly and you're looking at it, seeing beauty. I don't know if pessimistic would be the word because who knows, like uh, someone might get all this satisfaction out of something opposite of what I get, but because we're different people. But I think uh, if you feel it, you know, like when I'm, when I'm chilling outside, like during the sunset or whatever, playing guitar, like just feels nice. Yeah. And maybe someone else is getting that, you know, deposit in their check to the bank or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's all different for every person. Um, but then, but then the main thing, there's another thing that I was hoping that I would be able to touch upon was just like, like everyone's got their truth, you know, it's just like finding ways to get to that truth, however that may be. And that maybe it's changing constantly, but like um, just finding avenues to like figure out what I think is true. And then investing in that, not investing in anything that brings different th- other things into my life and everybody's life because we're all mirrors. Some people can't handle the truth. True. <laughs> yeah. Well, then there's some people that, and that, that circles back to a fundamental problem with a lot of that thing, that stuff I think is that people are constantly distracting themselves, distracting themselves so they never have a chance to exactly. look introspectively. Right. Because I've been, oh, I've been so busy. I've How been could doing you so when much. you spend five hours on a cell phone? You know, yeah. all, I think about all that time where you could have been thinking about yeah. something, but you don't because you're just like, oh, I wonder what's going to go on. Those are, those are the moments, I think, and that's why I think, like, I, I'm trying, you know, obviously I'm just as guilty as anyone, but I'm trying to spend less time on it mm-hmm. um, because I think that in those moments where instead of, you know, looking through feeds, um, you can make, you might just get like a little whisper, you know, think about that. Yeah. You know, or miss out on interacting with people. Exactly. Yeah. And that's way more important than interaction with the phone. Exactly. And, oh yeah. Sorry. Thanks doc. Yeah. One thing too, talking about, (laughs) one thing too, talking about that is that people, um, I was listening to a podcast talking about technology and the effect it's having on kids, right? Mm. And so kids think that they are, you know, they're on social media in a room by themselves and they're sitting there and they're like, you know, I have 500 friends and they're texting and DMing, but those interactions don't actually register in your brain. They don't actually give you an endorphin as when you see somebody and you give them a hug or you see somebody and you're talking face to face, right? And and so it's it's interesting how this like the, this obsession with technology right. is causing more you know suicide rates are going up kids are dying and they're you know they're spending more time staring at their cell phone I think there's a correlation to that hundred percent yeah hundred percent I think it's a huge a huge thing because it's a different world you know I just think about like eye contact you know like when you see you know when you look in someone's eyes you you know you're probably gonna see yourself you know or you're gonna actually connect with someone. Um, and those things you don't get over the phone. And, and if anything, uh, I would assume that it's not good for your eyes. No, 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 it's not. And also there's another crazy thing that, um, going back to that, what we were talking about earlier, they did a study where you had the option where you could sit by yourself for 15 minutes or, or you could electrocute yourself to (laughs) basically get out of the room early. Right. And it was a group of like college kids or something like that. Like, college like peace them out. And they're like, they, they couldn't sit for 15 minutes with nothing, yeah. like in an empty room. They yeah. almost, like, I don't remember the statistic, but everybody was pretty much just electrocuting themselves together. They were with room. each other in the room or no, solo? No, no, just solo. Just oh. solo. So people. They couldn't reflect yeah. and just chill and, and, and meditate, let's say. Totally. Yeah. And that's one of the good things about this, this um, you know, 
uh, quarantine is like, for me, I, I was in a house by myself, forced to look in the mirror, um, super uncomfortable, you know. You're learning and, how to be by yourself. And I had to learn how to be by myself, and it was fucking tough, but the amount of growth that comes from that, you know, is huge. So I think that, you know, you have to look your demons in the in You have the to mirror. like yourself. Yeah, you have to learn how, and that's a lot of, a lot of things. You got to learn how to love yourself so you can give love and all that shit. To I get think, deep. like, I think those moments, like, all, all the, you know, trials and tribulations, the stuff that is most uncomfortable and that you feel the worst about, that's how you learn. Yes. You, know, you have to you have just to feel like, it. You have to you fall have to, in your... Exactly. You have to, but you have to like bask in it mm-hmm. and just say, but not for too long, you mm-hmm. know, but you got to understand what that feels like to feel that and then let it go. And then you just let it go. And then like, uh, you make room for the new stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hope, but obviously there's a lot of stuff that is here to stay, but that's, that's just how it is. And you, and those things never go away. Um, and it's just more so finding ways to keep those like demons, as you would say, like yeah. fed and happy or like show love. You have to show love to even your demons. Yeah. You know? Well, another thing people have backwards about growth is they think that they get somewhere and then they're happy. Right. And, right. and the, the, the real realness about life is you never get anywhere you happy and you're happy. You, right. you just have to keep pedaling. It's when you stop pedaling is when you fall on your face, when you're like, Oh, I'm, I've reached some level of spiritual happiness right. or whatever. I'm good now. And so you stop working exactly. at it. That's when you fall on your face again, right? right. And so it's like you, the, the, the realization comes from like, you're never going to like film the video a part of your life and be like, okay, I'm good. It's like, you got to love the process. It never ends. Like the, the snowboarding, the getting better, the right. fucking trying to figure out how to be happy never ends. And you just got to embrace the process and love it. Yeah. Two things about that. Like thinking about snowboarding, that was me at one point, like, Everything leading up to the mountain when you strap in, obsolete. I don't care about any of it. You know, get me to the mountain, get me strapped in, let's board. But now, um, I think in the snowboard culture, there's a lot of stuff that can come with that, like the mornings, you know, good food and maybe some good conversation in the morning, like these little things that then that sort of just like float you on your way to the mountain. And then all of a sudden you're strapped in instead of like rushing there. And then by the time you're strapped in, you're too flustered to do anything good. Um, so I think it's about like finding all those things in between. Um, the next thing I was going to say was that it's just like the quote, um, it's not about the destination, it's the journey. And that is true. But this is another example of words where someone knows those words, but they don't know what that feels like to, to know that it's not about the, um, destination. Cause you don't feel that until you realize that you, you get all these destinations, you accomplish your dreams and you're not happy. And until you realize that it was, you are the dream, you know, like you, the process of you reaching for something that is the dream. It's not the end result. It's the, it's the, like what you take on when someone is going after a dream. And that's like putting some faith in like uh, a dream, which is almost like a fantasy, you know, it's like, but you make it real. And then unless, unless you really feel it, then that dream just passes by and it's on to the next dream, dream, you know? So. And then that even more f- circles back around to becoming, staying present. Yeah. Know? And that I feel that's like kind of, because that's what that is, is, is basically essentially being present. And I heard some, st- something that kind of hit me over the head, but it was like anxiety actually stems from thinking about something in the past or something about something in the future. When you're actually fully present, we're having this conversation. I'm not thinking about the fact that, I haven't done my taxes this year, right? <laughs> I'm having a great conversation. I'm yeah, happy, right? Yeah. But the minute that I'm like on my cell phone and right. I'm 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 not present, I'm thinking about of something in the future 
or something in the past, it causes this anxiety. So it's that's yeah, the thing that's that. beautiful about snowboarding is that oh, yeah. that fu- pure presence. And then also, I'm going to circle back around because I'm kind of excited. That's what we do about this conversation. But like Buds and I, you know, we went, we've gone on tons of I trips was together. Say the same thing. And, and <laughs> yeah, do you take it? Because I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, we're for me in the journey on the way to the spot or the mountain. Music yeah. sets our whole tone. Totally. Him and I on a trip, sometimes if it's not a long enough drive, we circle around the block like, a couple yeah, times. I don't even <laughs> want to snowboard. I actually want to like, let's let's join the in route. <laughs> These are the finer things in life. Yeah. And like, also, it sets the whole mood for right. the day, right? Me, totally. me and Buds have trash up to our knees in the backseat of the <laughs> rental car. And I'm like, this is my favorite time of the day. I'm drinking my coffee. I'm knee deep in trash. Like, this is great, you know? But but for other people, it's like they're only they're only happy when they land the trick. Right. And they're hap- and then they don't land it and they're they're radiating bad energy or whatever it is, you know? And yeah. it's like, you know, it's 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 about you gotta enjoy not landing it too, because you take the good with the bad. Totally. Yeah, because it's gonna exactly. happen and then and if you ruin your whole day's ruined because you didn't get that shot and you're so stressed up to that moment, it's you're not, here's enjoy- another, you're not enjoying the present moment. Here's exactly, and here's another moment of like what Parker Zamowski and I talk about this, or he's mentioned this that I'm like, oh, that makes sense to me. And he talks about just like pivoting, you know, like when something happens, you don't land a trick, pivot, you know, yeah. find the next avenue to get to the place that you're looking for instead of basking in that, that I, thing. In you know? Drama. It, that's, and I could elaborate on that more is, is, is it's selfish right and so what is what is self-pity let's let's break down because that's what when you don't land a trick and you are upset that is self-pity what mm. is self-pity it's an extreme form of selfishness because you're thinking about yourself mm-hmm. so it's like why bring down the vibe but also the because van? you care so much about that thing yeah um and then maybe <sighs> be through that you're what you're you're missing Chris in the backseat and his vibe, which you, is amazing. You care too much about the result that you don't enjoy the process. Exactly. And that's the deal is enjoying the process is yeah. what we're talking about. Totally. I think it's probably the same in music and um, really any art. Um, these things can't be constrained. They have to be like, uh, they have to willingly flow out into existence, you know? A hundred percent. I see Chris on trips when a rider gets in the car after not getting their, their uh, trick. And they are just ruined. Yeah. He's basically like, look, man, you got like five, ten minutes. Be pissed off. Yeah. Then I want you to just move on. Yeah. And if you could do that, that's great. I'll do, I'll do that to like myself, too. He coaches them through I'll, it. I'll, I'll do that. Like, I remember specific battles, hard battles I've lost, hard ones. And I've been, I've been like, guys, I need fucking 15 minutes to be pissed off. Mm-hmm. And then... I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to leave it at the spot. <laughs> yeah. You can do that. You can do that. Totally. You can totally choose. It's a choice. People right. act like it's not a choice. It's right. a fucking choice. Yeah. So just do it. Don't be a baby. Right. But that's what I'll say to other writers. I say, hey, you got 15 minutes to be pissed off and, and you it works. Leave it. But I've if- seen you coach them <laughs> through that moment. See, that that this is why you go on a trip with a uh, a snowboarder that Maybe hopefully doesn't know that yet. you're inspired by because they will they will teach you that it's okay to not land tricks yeah. in, in that one day. Um, all that matters is the pivot, and the next day that you get to strap in, you're not thinking about that other time that you didn't land a trick. Maybe this time I don't land a trick. Oh crap! Um, and that you can keep that out. I think those are the things that you know, yeah. like start you start seeing in a lot of the riders. 100. percent Well, I um, think we all know if you let it hang with you, we've all seen it. Oh god, it's gonna it's stack. like a weight. Yeah. yeah well, and weight. it's gonna yeah. it's gonna well, transcend over days because you're right. so totally. caught up over right. those negative moments. Well, totally. And you think about it, you're spending money to fly to a country, you have a lot of sponsor pressure, your own pressure, money being spent. So 
there and you know Video there's X amount pressure. of days on the trip. So there there is there it there's there is a lot at stake. Not to discredit it, but you know circling back around it all when you're on your when you're you're on your fucking deathbed, people aren't gonna be like. Remember that time you back to that rail, but you were a fucking dickhead on the whole trip? They're going to be like, they're going to be like, remember this other guy that was awesome on the trip? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, true. So, see, that's an example because I definitely have been on some trips like in my younger career where I was maybe, I was, I probably wasn't so much like negative, um, like too um, outwardly and vocally, but my inward torment was probably preventing me from really enjoying like my time with yes. those people at the time. Um, and that's cause I care so much about it. Um, but maybe that's another example of what are the reasons that you care about it? Because now my reasons would, would are to be on the trip with you yeah. and to experience you. And then it's a bonus to get tricks. Yeah, it seems um, like growth. Now you've grown into understanding through yeah, your travels and I think it's like that experience. Then, I mean, I watched in the Sam, the Sam episode, you're talking about like the vans, uh, years, like traveling with all those guys and like, that's how it was. Like, our crew was, we were. Our mission was to get clips, um, but it was enjoyable, you know. And everyone, you get you when you're comfortable and you know, yeah, everybody's on the same page. That's when you get stuff too. Not yeah, when you get too that much good crew vibe, pressure right? on yourself. That's something I think I kind of want to touch on too. Is a far part of getting older. I feel like a lot of the good tricks maybe come. From that negative self-talk, right? Yeah. Like you're so hard on yourself, you hold yourself to such a high standard that your 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 self-talk is is brutal. Where, um, you know, like oh, I'm such a fucking asshole, I didn't get this trick, or maybe you have imposter syndrome, or maybe you have this or that. And it's nice as you get a little older in life in general. I think you're you're if you grow, you're able to like be kinder in the way you talk to yourself, yeah. you know. And that's important for a lot of kids to hear because, you know, especially I will say this. I'm gonna bring this back to getting sober. Um, when you, when, if you get really fucked up, right. And you fuck your life up and you have to quit drinking or whatever, it becomes a problem. There's a lot of like negative self-talk about around that space. So you see it a lot in people that have struggled with substances mm. when they actually finally get clean. They're so hard on themselves. Like, Hey, just dust yourself off, pick yourself up. It's going to be all right. You know? Right. And you got to do the same with snowboarding or anything right. in life for that matter. Exactly. But. Yeah, and a lot of the times, easier said than done. Yes. You know, I think about how long it, it's taken me, and I still will I'll probably have sessions where I'll walk away and feel really bad that yeah. I didn't land it. But, um, but then, pivot. You know, hopefully you don't yeah. take it. Hopefully you don't take it too far. Yeah. You know, because then it starts building up on everything you do. Mm -hmm. Plaque. 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 No, it is. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let that plaque build up, man. Yeah, you want to get in there flossing the plaque? I need some more coffee. Mind, <laughs> mind floss. Yeah. You want to hit that mind floss on the regs. Well, and I just think at the end of the day, years from now, you're not going to remember those days that you walked away without the trick. Maybe a couple. Yeah. But in general, you're going to remember the memories, the people, the totally. journey. Or you might think about what not walking away with that trick did to you yeah you know because maybe it affected you you might not think you might not know it now but it affects you positively you know yeah and true and fund fundamentally to go fucking dr phil on them <laughs> but i don't care i like talking about this stuff but whatever. um i think some people put so much self-worth on their whatever box they put them in like if if you're a musician and you all your self-worth is your music music if you put a song out and nobody likes it you're going to feel bad about yourself, right? And so, like, in snowboarding, you don't get a trick. Your self-worth, you're, you're hard on yourself, right? But 
if you're if you learn to become not so hard on yourself yeah. and your self-worth isn't so tied to your label, then you're totally you're okay. Yeah. Or your bank account. Yes. Status. You know, it's like the stuff doesn't matter. Um, I actually wrote like a little poem that says, I don't want to be a particular anything. I want to be a peculiar everything. Wow. You know, cause I don't want to be classified as a snowboarder, or, you know, want to be guitar player, want to be bass player. That's a snowboarder. Um, I, I'm just, you know, whatever I am right now. Um, and that's constantly changing, and I, I hope to be constantly changing and evolving, and um, hopefully it leads me to just keep meeting people, and I think that's like kind of what it's all about. God, what was that quote? What was the poem? <laughs> I don't want to be a particular anything. I want to be a peculiar everything. That's dope. Wow. That's dope. That's some Deep. facts. I love that. And then another thing uh, to bring up, because I'm sure that we're getting close to the time, is just like, it's all about ins- inspiring in the sense that you want to show people that they can be themselves. Like what, what Torment Mag just did during Pride yes. Week. It's just like, a, it's yeah, inspiring. Um, with everything that's happening, even though there's different sides to it and there are people that don't agree with it, I think anything that is showing that people can truly and honestly be themselves, whatever that is, whether you're a snowboarder or you classify in whatever way, um, whatever your truth is, if this is America and what I think it should stand for, then you should be able to be that truth. Um, and I hope that we can move towards a place where people can feel like comfortable in their skin and be who they're destined to be. Cause that's, that's how, you know, progress is made. I think, um, because once we get through all these issues, uh, people getting along, then we can tackle the stuff that really matters. I think, cause this is like the root level of, you know, the morality of things. And, uh, yeah. once we can get through this, then we can s- save people. Or, you know, like, uh, work towards bigger issues, maybe. Yeah. But this is the biggest issue. It's just people um, learning to, you know, I just think about, I look, at, I look at the two dogs that I live with, I'm like, you got eyes, you got ears. Yeah. How, how different could we be? You get happy and, you know, you need, you want someone around, you know? Like, we're not, we're not any different. No. And I think about people, it's like, we both have hands. We both have the exa- pretty much the same infrastructure and all these little things change. Um, and we look at them as, as if like it, there should be a fence between us, you know, it's like, uh, it's pretty, it's a, but then again, the world's been changing so fast that, uh, it's, I'm just happy to be, to think like that. Yeah. You know? Cause I'm sure it's not easy. It's not far off to be in a different place where you're raised in a different environment. Like I'm so thankful for like my family, like always the most, you know, inclusive. Mm-hmm. There was never, you know, we were never like really talking shit about people no. and animosity towards people. Um, so I'm really thankful for that, but it's, you know, gossip can run in families just like anything else. You know, it's a uh, gossip and fear. Um, so you just hope that people find their way, however it is, um, and find their truth and not just do something cause Instagram told them to, or your best friend told you to like find it yourself. And it's, uh, I love it. Fall on your face, too. Fall on your face. Figure yeah. it out on your own. Cause Smash into a bomb hole, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And get get a life bomb hole going. Get your own life. Like, fall on your face in your life and figure it out. And I love that stuff that Torment's doing. I think that was really important for people to come out and it's be embraced for being gay, for being lesbian, so for being... It's so And just be loved. And, and the, seeing the community come together oh was big big steps forward you know and there's there's a lot of room for growth but the fact that we're talking about it's huge talk about snowboarding is like and skateboarding 
from what I gathered at the the, riot, the yeah. protest with uh, the skateboard to the, um, but these these things that we're part of, people are amazing. Yeah. You know, like I feel like it actually is like a world changing yeah. phenomenon. Like like even though snowboarding, I, I see as like sort of elitist, and yeah. obviously it's privileged to get into it. Yeah, when you're into it, like when I'm in it, uh, the way I'm in it is for just how I look at the world where, you know, anything goes, you want to be whoever you want to be. You like, I had years where I was rolling around on the ground on my snowboard, but that's what I want to do at the time. Big fan of the back on the ground. You know, it's like, that's what I want to do at the time. So that's just me at the time. And those things evolve. And I think that everyone's capable of looking like an idiot at one point and then reeling it in to still look like an idiot, but um, (laughs) maybe look a little bit better, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, it's, it's, there's a beauty in, not being afraid to look like an idiot because yeah. that's, the that's thing. what it is. It's, it's humility. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I was, uh, I was nervous on the, about the show for a little bit and then I was watching you guys talk and like Easton, we've been on plenty of trips and Chris, we've spent some time together. It's always good, good talk. And uh, that was, it was comforting and, just, to, and also the bit with uh, Cooper as the wizard. Um, oh, the shaman? Dude, I was, <laughs> I was, I was cracking up. I felt like somebody microdosed me. I couldn't yeah, stop we were laughing. Feeling all weird. Yeah. We couldn't stop laughing, but it was just I was picturing that. The, the I guess. visual, the shampooed hair, and the microdosing. God, shouts to the shouts to the dust box. Dude. Love the dust I've box. Been a, I've been spending a lot of time with those guys because we've been jamming. Yeah. Um, been like showing Cody how to play the bass. And oh, they've been sick. coming to the jam space, and we've been like getting into some stuff. So it's been cool. Skated the ramp once. Does Reed get on the mic? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he could, I can just imagine. I'd like yeah. to give a shout-out to my boy Reed. He actually mowed my lawn last week, so. Yeah. Lawn Hire lawn, him. Hire him. Yeah, I think he's he is for hire, I believe. Reed and I, uh, two, mean two years hire? ago. I think he's looking for uh, some, he's watering he's watering Chip's plants and mowing his lawn. Oh, he's just collecting So I Chad. actually, I grabbed him and I said, he rolled the mower over here and he just tackled mine while he was mowing, so. I heard this story, this is great. <laughs> uh, I love that. Speaking of Cheddar Biscuits. I don't want to get into particular. You know what cheddar biscuits are from our show? Really? I don't think so. Oh, money. The bisque. The bisque. bisque. Oh, okay, yeah. The bisque. Since you're an active rider, we don't need to get into particulars, but at this stage in your career, are you making a healthy living? Yeah. Um, healthy, like I have plenty. I like mean, a, you have what you need. Yeah, you I don't, and I don't need much. I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't have a lot of, a lot of anything. You're not one of those people that needs to be flashy. No. Go out and uh, buy a Benz I would, tomorrow. Uh, I don't have very many expenses besides like I just bought a new base. Um, I've had slapping a little base, you know, slapping a base. Uh, I don't know, and I don't really at this particular time in my life. I don't have a lot of things. Like I think I could move like in my truck, you know, right now, which is so, dope. Um, so that helps. But uh, I'm at a point now where I'm comfortable, and um, yeah. I'm like I don't have to really worry about it. As we speak, obviously things like the quarantine was another reason I want to talk about that was that. There was a chance that, you know, maybe things didn't work out and you have to give it all up um, because companies are doing that right now. Yeah, it's uh, going crazy out there. So, And then I also came to terms with just not having any sponsors as well, and that, that was comforting. Someday, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Exactly. So I, it was good to realize that, and then when they all came through and they were like, oh, we're all good, I'm like, man, like, just an, it, it's an extra bonus now, and I have even more respect for these companies, you know, because um, of their support for me. They have but your back. I have a... Uh, I have everything I need as long as I can get on a trip and I have guitars and um, the people that I want to be with. I don't, you know, I haven't really been striving for much else. And I only ask because kids are going to want to know if, you know, what it's like yeah. after you follow your passion. And well, Rav, I mean, go on. No, go ahead. 
I was gonna say, you ever aren't getting paid? You give me your sponsors' phone numbers. I'll call them. <laughs> I'll shake, turn them upside down. I'll shake some money out of their I pockets. Will, no, make no, sure, no. make sure you're taken care of. Chris and I my, will uh, my, pay them a little visit. If yeah, you know yeah, we might I mean. actually. I got no. We might actually beat the shit out of them. We might no teach them the real meaning of concrete days. snakes. If yeah, you know exactly. What I'm saying, <laughs> Throw them in the river. Maybe waterboard them a little bit. Yeah, Great idea, by the way. A little bit of light torture. Yeah. For the slippers. Yeah, the snakes. Yeah. Did you buy those? I would wear. I would. I would. If they're I not, would, I would wear. Like, they were co- concrete, like concrete slabs. No, they'd be like foam. <laughs> no, like you know the big cartoon, like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do- I don't like think I would have them with dogs and stuff. I would buy them just because of Sam. Just but, imagine uh, walking put them around in those. <laughs> Actually, now I think about it, I'd probably be walking around in them. It would be dope. Know. They'd be so yeah. comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, I don't know what we were talking about, but yeah, no, everything. Uh, I'm life. so I'm so happy right now just because like I have feeling good. I have everything. Got the pro model board. Got your name on it. And you well, he's uh, got end all racism under the stars. Yeah. I, I wrote that uh, for the barrier to entry event that Jeff Holtz and oh, sick. Mike put on, um, and they raised like fourteen yeah, fourteen thousand dollars for uh, Black wow. Lives Matter and also Dylan Ojo Foundation. That's so, so sick. And, and like Proud you, reala- you realize that, that it, all the snowboard sessions, like um, this is what it's all. Like maybe we didn't know it at the time, but this is what it's all about—to have fun with all people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as if if someone had a snowboard, it doesn't matter who they are, what they're all about. It's like um, it does matter. Actually, it does matter because it's okay whoever they are. Yeah, Snow, you know? snowboarders yeah. are a pretty inclusive bunch I'm for the s- most part. My God, yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, I'm humbled every time I go yeah. and see people, you know, get into the those events um, or just around a lot of people. I'm like, man. You know, for what the news is telling me about my world, uh, I'm fortunate because I see a lot of a lot of great things. I think we all need to work on being more inclusive to the people that are starting and getting into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. if they, it's if, only good for the if, sport. If they want to be into it, you know, we can't yeah. like force someone to be. Oh, no, no, no. You know, I, you should be into snowboarding. Um, I just and mean like them, the like, too yeah. cool for school attitude. If they're yeah. not that good or something, it's like well, we were all there once. Here's another thing that was, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking about this. How like. I grew up idolizing you and Scott, basically, and, you know, you guys always made time for me, you know, like, if I needed a place to stay, stay or, like, just knowledge and, like, just being around and never, you know, I think about that. It's, like, I think about that when I'm around, like, younger guys, and I'm, like, you want to pass people that took the time for me, and I wouldn't have got to where I was if someone didn't see something in me, because um, sometimes I don't even see what they saw, um, and I'm, like, whoa, like, you know, are, are they the fool for investing in me, you know, like... <laughs> But then you realize that there's seen just people, certain types of people, they see the good in everyone, and they want to just be like cultivators uh, of like uh, the next generation. That's important. I think that you guys did a good, amazing job with that, and like I'm so thankful because really, like when I talking about Drew, when I texted you about Drew this morning, like when I first got clued into that world, like that was it. You know, changed my whole sphere of the world. The, the the interesting thing is that. I had it happen to me too. So it's yeah. like, a, it's a ripple effect. Right? Yeah. So I had Lane Knack look out for me when I was younger right. and take me under his wing and then skateboarding Ryan Gallant's from my hometown. And so he right. made it to California and, right. and was pro and everything. So it's interesting when you see somebody, I don't know, for me speaking from being from central Massachusetts, like there's not really pros or anything yeah. around. So I saw somebody in front of me like move out and do it and you're like holy shit that's big inspo yeah and so it's cool to hear like i never even realized that had an effect so it's it yeah, awesome. hearing that people yeah. oh my god dude. you and now you're prepared luckily to pay it forward. we were able to conceal it a little bit you know and not be like some crazy fan but uh we had fun i remember filming when you were oh, yeah. younger like those those trips going to like newburyport and shit when you're filming for like 
cap and, of the shit. And you were filming for like uh, videographs, you know, like we're just on, you know, like that inclusivity, that's important. But then also stemming even further, Ski Ward watching the guys at the half pipe um, between like Nick and uh, some of these guys, uh, Joe Namik, John Wallstrom, Mike Morrow, he was a skier. But if I could look like a, on a snowboard, how Mike looked on skis, that's what I want to do. That's sick. You know, he was just a badass. And those guys took time like to hang out with little kid, kids who don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about that. I'm like, wow. Like, those are the true badass pros. Totally. Because they know how to you know, spread the seed. and Totally. Just like Sam. I love spreading my seed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. A <laughs> little bit of skin flute, slap it a bass, <laughs> spread the seed. Why not? Let's go. That's all the instruments. <laughs> But yeah, shout out to all those guys and um, shout out to everybody. Man, I think this has been a a banger yeah. chat. Enlightening. Like, uh, his his view is enlightening. I love it. It, yeah, uh, I mean, that's what conversations for truth. You know? Like that's what that's why this is a beautiful thing. That's why I was nervous because it's it's a cool thing to be able to just like wrap some stuff out. Um, what else was I gonna say? I do feel bad about not getting the Jeffy video, um, but. You know, I felt I, like my, he was right there. My for you, inspirations, though. uh, I haven't been watching much snowboarding in the last like couple of years. Um, just like a few select things, but uh, I those the Jeffy's stuff is like and just being with Volcom and everything like that and getting to know Billy when I got on, like, um, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm still looking forward now to, you know, from, from that looking into all that again because just like it's incredible. You know, the, someone like Jeffy, you know, like thinking about it, like seeing uh, the footage that I do remember of him and the art and everything. But also I was raised on, you know, EPI films. So I, I'm still getting clued into like the stuff that like, uh, you know, I, I do remember when I was at uh, my buddy's house and he had a pair of Jamie Lynn boots. And I was like, who's Jamie Lynn? Who's she? Oh, you know, yeah. like, super, <laughs> super young, probably. I mean, not probably, too old for how yeah. when I said that. Yeah. But um, uh, I... All, all respect to to Jeff and Billy, and I'm sure nobody's gonna hold that against you, dude. That's even, so, if the, even like if a three, like, three seconds of a video song and you don't know it, like fuck. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think I, I would. I, I, I would just know. think yeah. I just think about it, you know. It's like, yeah. but those I things, felt those like things you are knew important. It though, and it just was processing. I knew it was a, a grenade video, and yeah, but um, because those those videos amazing as well. Yeah, smell the glove was one of the first DVDs I, I got. So oh really? Yeah, that's cool to know. Uh, I I have a suggestion. What do you think about doing a little uh, little guitar riff to take us away? We, I can do. I can just talk over it. Shlappy, the strum. Shlappy the Actually, Easton and I have like a little. Yeah, we have a little uh, something going on. What's going on here? I don't know. Let's see if this see is what happens. Tune. I don't really feel like doing it. Okay, maybe. you don't feel like doing. I, I'm, I'm switching up. I had an idea, but we'll, you got to sing the song that you sang earlier. Oh, from earlier. <laughs> I didn't really. Have, I don't. You got this. All right. Born on the bayou Born on the bayou Had a foolin' at the bayou And a foolin' at the bayou The kid that was born on the bayou Give it to me now Alright Blowin' on those drugs, boy We was blowin' on those drugs We was born on the bayou We was on those drugs Born on the bayou We was creepin' on those drugs 
Never took one lesson. Voice of an angel. <laughs> I've never, display, I've never but, uh, used that voice on the microphone. Insane, bro. <laughs> that, was, that, was that was beautiful. Man. That was uh, my uh, maybe down south little flavor. Yeah, you, uh, I don't know. Bro, I don't know where it came from. Alligator hunting? Yeah, basically uh, okay. kind of the moonshiner. You still, you're going to have to come to the jam space and oh, we're going to have man. to harness that. You get me at a jam, I'll ne- you won't ever get the mic out that's of my hands. We'll, that's where we will have the Caesars. <laughs> Dude, Caesars. Yeah. That was fucking beautiful, boys. Yeah. That just came, like, earlier when, we, when you were gone. We were just, like, we just, like, jamming. We just were fucking around when you were picking up the prints. <laughs> we were, we were so <laughs> good. We were trying to, re- to record uh, before you got in here so you'd see it and be like, what the hell? But I couldn't get it to turn red. I couldn't get it to turn red. We were going to wait There's till no you card got... in there. Was, yeah, that's what I figured. We were going to wait till you were, like, on your computer fucking around, and you were just like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Dude, I'm blown away. That was yeah. incredible. That was beautiful. I think, we, I think we ended on that, huh? Yeah. Let's take that's it out. Fun. You know what, people, if you leave us some comments, it helps out our algorithms. I just learned. I don't know about all this on stuff. YouTube? On YouTube. Okay. Uh, it gets, I don't know what it does, but if you can leave comments, good or bad, whatever, we'll take them. Yeah, throw whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just throw gibberish up there. Yeah, throw one of those uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. We don't really care, but apparently it creeps on the algorithms and gets Let's get those in. algorithms up. Yeah, Let's get I those algorithms up. I don't up. even know what it means. I love it. I love it. We're... We uh we don't really know what the hell we're doing, but we appreciate yeah. you guys listening. It, we freestyle, as you can just tell by our song we just put out. But God damn it, that was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you for tuning in. We will see you next week. I think week. my beard got longer as I sang that song. <laughs> Stony Buds, that was one for the record books. <laughs> What happened in that performance? Did you get possessed by dude, the devil? I, I guess, dude. You know, I've never done that type of music, and that was all freestyle. But, man, i got to go down and jam with those guys. That was fun. That was from the heart. That was from the heart. I'll tell you what else is from the heart. Is the duo known as Bud Diesel. If you guys don't know, I'm Gren Diesel. He's Stony Buds. What's up? Together, we form a duo that is called Bud Diesel. And uh, at bombhole.com, we have some Bud Diesel t-shirts with a Budweiser ripoff logo. You can find what else do we have there, buds? dude? We just got these new mugs in that are looking super dope. So check out the site for those. And we're gonna have some special Rav prints. One shot by T Bird, one shot by Ali Gagnon, and uh, they are both Rav hammers. We also got the Patreon. Young Jock just signed up as a member. Man, that's pretty dope. Shout out to Jock. I would also really like to thank you guys for your continued support. It means the world to us. If you like it. Share it on your Instagram, text it to your friend, write a review. Keep doing you. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next week.